0: Worm is a web serial by J.C. McRae, also known as Wildbow. You can read Worm in its original format by visiting parahumans.wordpress.com or donate to Wildbow's Patreon at patreon.com wildbow. This story isn't intended for young or sensitive readers. Readers who are on the lookout for trigger warnings are advised to give Worm a pass. For a complete list, check the description for all of Worm's trigger warnings.
1: in bay grab your books and get ready to get shook it's arc three
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right thank you alan let's go that lovely introduction was good. welcome back everyone uh we're into as alan so eloquently put into arc three of worm an exciting arc here we're gonna get the ball rolling uh into our discussions of the arc with everybody and uh, go from there so i think it's probably a good idea to jump right into Kat and Taylor's initial reactions being our first-time readers. What did you guys think? Just sort of ballpark, big-picture reactions to this exciting arc.
4: I thought that this arc was really getting into some of the meat of like how it seems the story's going to go, like some of the action, uh, more interactions directly versus just talking about other capes. We're starting to see like how the dynamic between the different um, groups of good guy capes, it happens. And like their purse, the undersiders, undersiders, Um, their interaction, like how their dynamic is with the other capes. And I thought it was, I almost didn't have any notes to take because I was just so enthralled in the story that was happening. So I am really excited to talk about certain segments, but I feel like I was just so grasped by like what, how things were developing, that um, the basically the homework portion of it seemed to like go away from my mind. Mm. What about you, Taylor?
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we had plot, we had action, we had superheroes, we had supervillains, we had everything that I was promised already in the third arc i am so excited um i was so excited like you said to be to kind of lean away from the undersiders see what some of the other capes are doing um definitely seeing taylor um not me but you know um the character develop and kind of figure out what she's going to do with her life um while i try and figure out what i do with my life so this is just great (laughs) i'm loving it Um, we're having a great time
3: yeah opening it up to everybody else kind of just get some Get
5: some uh, scattered reactions mm. no this was a this is a very fun arc it's it's one of those arcs that's so early that after you've read the whole thing you can kind of forget those cool little details but going back into it and going back through the Bankai scene and the lead up to it uh and really getting to know these characters more on a what feels like a personal level it's just really fun um The interlude is one of my favorites because you get a peek into a different side of the world than Taylor's perspective, uh, which we'll get to later, I'm sure. But yeah, just some great character interaction. Great superpowers explored as well. Some really cool stuff here.
1: Yeah, this is this is the spawning point for the rest of the series, in my mind. Uh, Having talked it over with, you know, Jacob, like if the you know first two arcs haven't grabbed you by now like this is where everything comes out of for like the rest of the series i can Mm -hmm. point back and be like ah when did that start that started at the bank like that started in that chapter and i forget as always how quickly we get to this
3: (laughs) yeah we we do we get (laughs) I i was thinking the same thing when i read it i was like i remember this happened and i remember it happened early on but I forgot how, how early it happened. And yeah, you nailed it. We kind of just jump right in. Like, this is, this is the pace setter for the rest of the next, I'm um, honestly, the kind of the rest of the whole book, but the, the rest of the series immediately after for sure. Uh, what a, what a fun chapter.
5: One of the fun things too, uh, is just coming back to this as well after having read the whole thing, there are lots of names dropped in this chapter and I'm, I want to focus in on that maybe for predictions later once we get to the predictions part. But there are lots of big names dropped in this chapter, or in this arc. So I'm interested to see if uh, people caught on to that again, um, and if our newer readers, if uh, if they what they think of those name drops and what they think they might be. And and I again I forget yeah that gets, that happens early. These names get dropped early. Um and, and things, so many, things happen fast.
3: It, it to build off of that. There and this kind of goes into stuff we've talked about earlier with the way uh Wild Bow sort of world builds, but not just names, but events and things that just sort of get subtly dropped. Uh I was joking with Alan, we were talking about this earlier, how I forgot it was this arc, where just casually offhand, they're just sitting in the undersider's like little hideout. And and we spent the rest of the day watching movies from the alternate Earth when uh, Portal was ripped through reality. And now we just share films and movies back and forth. Yeah. And then it just goes right by that.
0: <laughs> okay, we're going to start with this. Okay, I yeah. thought this would come yeah. up later.
4: No,
1: just, mean, we, can mean, move, we can circle back to it.
4: Yeah, let's definitely circle back to it. Yeah, because yeah. this was something that Taylor and I both were like, excuse me.
1: I was
3: like, uh,
0: Earth, Aleph? But yeah, we'll get to that. Don't even worry okay. about that.
3: Okay, we'll we'll circle back. But yeah, just the, the world building is a lot of fun. He does such a great job sort of fleshing out this world. It makes it feel so lived in and so enriched with events yeah. and names and characters, things that aren't going to be mentioned or touched on till later, if at all. Which is exciting. Yep, um, absolutely.
6: Something I really liked about this arc is they have the, conversa- the, the cops and robbers conversation that, um, mm. that Tattletail and Taylor end up having. And I love that this is, I, again, because I've read this before, I remember some pieces, but I never remember when they come in. So like, I didn't remember the bank heist happening this early, which is just perfect. (laughs) I love it. Uh, But that conversation too is such a great thing to have so early on in the book to like really grasp how the world sees, you know, the capes in general, like the heroes and the villains and how we view them and kind of how the government has to operate within that space of like, well, we have all these villains and we have all of these heroes and like, how are we supposed to interact with each other and function in the society with all of us together? And kind of like this, maybe game within a game kind of subtly put out there by Lisa. And I just, I love it. I think it, it really sets a good tone for, for how we're going to see capes throughout the book and how we're going to see Taylor, you know, trying to figure herself out and try to determine, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, playing the, playing the mole in the undersiders basically. So.
5: Yep. Absolutely. Maybe we should, uh, jump into the summary of the arc so that we could uh, go through chronologically.
3: Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Uh, Um, Hannah, did you write anything specifically for this arc?
6: Um, I've got a I've got a little breakdown here. You want me to go through the whole thing, breaking down the entire arc, or should we go by section by section? Let's,
0: let's do section by section.
3: Yeah, I like section. Let's let's do sections at a time. See if we have any thoughts as we go through them.
6: Okay, cool. So first up, we have uh, uh part one. Taylor jogs uh, in the morning and meets up with Brian, where they kind of talk over breakfast. Um, she goes into school and it doesn't go very well, and she flees at. Sophia's taunts
0: yeah I was very surprised um I thought that the school arc which I know that it'll probably my prediction is it will come back again but I was surprised that it kind of got dropped so quickly
4: I feel Ah. like Mm. she's like giving up on school like she's like I'll get to I'll go to school one thing happens and she's like yeah fuck this like it's just not (laughs) worth it oh yeah um and I find that kind of I'm wondering, especially after learning about Brian and how he is going to school like online and stuff, I don't think it's going to be, I don't think she's going to be in high school for much longer.
1: Which is good because there's something I picked up on rereading, rereading episode one, episode one, arc one again, but just before this. Um, Taylor gives off really strong school shooter vibes. <laughs> mm. Like, just kind of the everything about her. And and there's a moment all the way back when she's dealing with Lung where like she gets the upper hand on him and is kind of giggling and laughing to herself about how like how she's kicking his ass. And, yeah, and also, that, yeah, that happens again in this arc as well. It, exactly. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like the more and more I think Thanks. about it, I'm like, man, this really is like. You know, we are the one bad day. You know, the one day that just goes a little bit too far from her essentially doing a school shooting, but with bugs.
5: Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. and and I think that's part of why that that limit that she put on herself, uh, because she still wants to be a hero. She wants to be a good guy. That limiter has really saved her from becoming somebody like Lung or like some of the other villains that have been main dropped. Um, But yeah, I think Kat, you make a good point that. In the context of her leaving school, uh, she immediately, this is immediately after hearing from Brian, oh, uh, you know, Lisa got her GED and uh, Alec finished it on his own way and I'm taking online classes and it's all cool. Like, she's hearing about all these alternative options that don't involve her being around these bullies anymore. She's Mm. like, oh, you know, that sounds kind of nice. I I can easily understand why she'd want to you know just leave and be like you know what screw this i'm gonna go hang out with people who actually like me maybe they're bad yeah. guys but they're better than you people
3: Definitely. And even as a, go ahead
1: oh so even as a like a just a general description for the entirety of this book like that's that's brian is showing her like hey look there's the, literally all of these alternative ways to accomplish the goal that you want to do you want to graduate school there's literally five other options
0: it's very much... Um, I'm treating it as though they're athletes. Like, if you were to use this in the real life, she is totally just like, you know what? Baseball is what I want to do. Yeah. That's going to get me there. I'm just going to take rocks for jocks in college just so that I can have a major. But this is what I want to do. And I definitely, she is doubling down on the cape. Um, sh- She is going all for it. And I'm here for it. So.
6: Yeah. Actually, I was going to say the same thing. The, she kind of has this weird... Like her motivation for, you know, you know, you finish school and then maybe you go to college and you have an idea of what you want to be or who you want to be. But when you get your powers and all of a sudden you have this ability to control bugs, like what is the point of school if you're going to be a hero? Like, do you need school? Do you need college? Do you need any of it? And kind of this, this, well, it all feels pointless, especially if, you know, Taylor's getting bullied at school Kind of the question of, like, well, do I even need to go back to school? Of Like, do I need to even think about it? And that kind of played off with this, well, the Undersiders are all, you know, they have their GED and they're taking classes. And you would think that, like, oh, yes, well, you know, (laughs) the hoodlums are like, oh, yes, who needs school? But, like, no, they're all, they're all, (laughs) they all have their GED and he's taking classes. And they haven't just kind of resorted to the villain life, basically.
5: Right. And and I, we could imagine maybe an alternate world, too, where instead of the undersiders being the ones who rescue her, uh, what if it were the wards? Mm. Because her, her the reason mm. she doesn't want to join the wards is she's thinking, well, that's just more teenage drama. I get yeah. enough of that at school. Why do I want that? Uh, but then she ends up with a, basically a group of teenagers who like her. But what if it had been the wards who had found her mm. instead? And you kind of can go into that... Um, you know, it's circumstantial who she ended up joining joining in a way, but it's yeah, kind of adds to that what if mentality that I, I like to use sometimes.
3: And I think you touched on a, a really a, a good point at the end, too, Nick, uh, when you were saying how how comparing school and the undersiders, she's going, yeah, the undersiders are villains, but they're not worse than my bullies, which I think was yeah. uh, is an interesting dynamic too, how she recognizes that. That they're not the best people in terms of what they do, but compared to where she's been, it's infinitely better. And I think it's funny too, because up until obviously this arc kind of changes that, but
5: up until that point early well, on. these are worse than bank robbers, Jacob. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. I remember <laughs> yeah. that adage, yes. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but up until the bank robbery, like we don't, the Undersiders don't do anything that, that we've seen that really warrant them being villains that we're aware of, other than the little bit of research she's done. But, uh, but yeah, in terms of her interactions with them, they seem like good people, aside
5: from probably bitch. But, and know. then, except for Armsmaster drops the little, I don't know if that happened. I don't remember the order of things in the arc. I don't know when that happened. A little, a little bit later. We'll get
6: to, we'll get to yeah. that. Okay.
5: So, that's actually
6: a great transition into chapter two, which whoa, we whoa, are whoa. back. Before
5: at the, we move on,
1: whoa. before <laughs> we move on, <laughs> All right, we me. got to acknowledge Hot Brian is hot.
3: Mm. Uh, well, yeah, hot, Brian hot Brian is hot. He's very hot.
6: Um okay, how, how I'm old
3: sorry. Is Brian? <laughs>
6: <laughs> Brian's like what, two, three years older than Taylor?
3: I, I want to yeah, say he's 18, eighteen or nineteen. I, I think he's supposed yeah. to be like just turned eighteen. Okay, okay.
5: Mm-hmm. Good. Oh my god. That's all. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Listen, well, okay. From so-
4: Taylor's perspective, Brian is hot and she's obviously has is developing a little crush on him.
1: <laughs> yeah. And why wouldn't she? Mm-hmm.
6: And why well, would why not? She? Yeah, absolutely. You know? Which, again, I was going to say ties into Chapter 2, where we have some hand-to-hand practice, where Taylor uh, gets to gets to spar with Brian back at the hideout, uh, and uh, we have a little conversation about the potential, or not potential, uh, about the the sponsor of the Undersiders. But, oh, that hand-to-hand, let's go. Any chance to, like, spar <laughs> with Brian? Like, let's go. Mm. I'm here for it.
0: Brian dropped one of the best pieces of advices for fighting that I've ever had or like ever heard like a real person say but he's like look if you're going to do martial arts if you're going to do any high level of fighting keeping up with it is going to be a full-time job and there are still going to be masters that are going to kick your ass Mm. literally Mm. he's like just pop into these places learn a few things pop out move on and i was like okay this is
5: thank you (laughs) Thank you, Brian. <laughs> that makes me feel stand. so much
6: better for dropping I out of YouTube. I stand with too. Brian.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yes, when I was 11 years old, this is the advice I needed when I was 11 years old and <laughs> that, dropped out uh, of Taekwondo like <laughs> to play baseball. Yeah. Oh,
6: man, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be a jack-of-all-trades, for sure.
5: It's true. Well, yeah, and and honestly, whenever a sparring session comes up between two characters who may or may not have a thing for each other, all <laughs> I can <laughs> think of is Mass Effect. <laughs> The mm-hmm. oh, I love it
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that mass effect keeps my mass erect no it's oh, yeah.
1: oh my god I had reach she, she had, had flexibility. flexibility that's right
6: oh, man. oh my
3: god oh. <laughs> Michael, I hope you're noting the timestamps here, just to. Uh, to keep, no, you so gotta you keep it. You gotta the keep the volume it in. You on those.
0: You get a 10-second mute for that one. <laughs> know, what? For what? <laughs> okay, anyway. no,
6: but but really though, let's. I uh, yeah, let's hear. I, I'm I'm I actually. Like
3: think, well, oh, I'm sorry, you sorry, not ahead. not to cut you off, but I was no, just, please, go ahead. just before we before we move past it. I also <laughs> I like to think because we we are reading the story from Taylor's perspective, so we don't really get to see inside the minds of the other other undersiders that often, but. When I was reading this, part of me did, it does read like Brian does put in a little extra weight behind his punches on Alec when Taylor comes in as he (laughs) he quickly works to (laughs) take him down. Like, here's your easy lessons, and then,
5: and then you're down. Oh, hey, Taylor.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Just a subtle flex there. I love
2: it. (sighs)
5: It's it's been clear, at least from the beginning, that we don't know that he has feelings for her or anything, but he clearly cares about her. I mean, yeah. he's been the... Yeah, I think Taylor even said, like, he's basically the only reason she stayed.
4: hmm
5: So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, so clearly he cares about her.
4: Like, even if a romantic situation doesn't evolve from this, like, they're clearly becoming friends, which is something yeah. that Taylor has, one, desperately needed and mm-hmm. hasn't really experienced in a while, so... um And she probably just doesn't know how to, like, approach it. Because, like, obviously, you know, obviously Emma was her friend, her best friend. And now things have completely, like, she's completely using her biggest, um, like, emotional, like, traumas against her. And I'm just interested to see how. Taylor continues to evolve these friendships with the Undersiders because of that. Mm.
5: Is this the arc where the weird TV thing is mentioned? Because she's hanging out with the Undersiders? Or um, the chapter? Yeah. Right? Yes. That yes. Is, that this is this, is t- be this, is three, this
6: section, right? Yes.
1: Yeah. Because like, so, for what is it? 3.3, 3.4 is, is kind of
5: a lot oh. of exposition right there. Yeah. Inter- mm-hmm. Interdimensional yeah. television like Rick and Morty. Exactly. So, if you don't mind,
0: I'll I'll bring this up first because I wanted to talk about it, and then we can immediately get to Professor Haywire. But uh,
5: hmm.
0: in in three three, we mention the Manton effect. Um, yes. Talk, yeah. Which, yes. and I wanted to, I wanted to hear people talk about that before we talk about the different Earths um, that we have going on. But mm-hmm. basically, it made it seem like hey, you know, for some reason we have this Manton effect where superheroes powers can't necessarily interact with other super pe- superheroes um except some heroes can affect them and it it seems to be like a set of rules um going on yeah. so i was super excited to kind of see like the world building going on yeah
1: this is one of those examples where w- wildbow has come up with an answer and a system for everything yeah. and yep. just all those things where you're like you know, well, why doesn't the human torch light himself on fire? You know, all, all the questions you've ever had about any superhero in any universe. The Manton effect is this huge catch-all for so many things.
3: And it's so simple. And this goes back in, I feel like we're going to do this a lot, but we all, we love Wild, but we love the way he writes. And it's <laughs> such a simple plot device that doesn't break anything. It just exists to explain something That really doesn't need to be explained. I mean, no, no, like you said, no other property has ever tried to explain this or worried about it. Because at the end of the day, we really don't care. Like we're enjoying superheroes doing their thing. Like we don't really care about all the science. We don't need to break
6: down the, the science. Yeah,
3: exactly. But the fact that he puts it in, the fact that it exists is just it's it's so simple and it just answers that question that we didn't need answered, but in doing so, enriches the world that we're reading about. It, and it leads six content.
0: nerds to make a podcast.
3: Exactly. Yeah,
5: exactly. That's exactly. right. Exactly. And, and it, it adds in, too, there's this hint that some of the most powerful superheroes will be the ones who can bypass the Manton effect, like mm. Anacea, which comes up mm-hmm. later.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Kind of gives that um, Omega-level mutant-type Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but along, are we yeah. sticking with a uh, little fun little call out? You said you wanted Taylor, you had some thoughts on Earth Aleph.
0: Yes. I literally, and you already mentioned it because you said this earlier. It was a single sentence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That made me so mad where he's like, oh, you know, like we send them shows, they send us shows, and the first two Star Wars movies, they still weren't great. And I was like, Taylor? I'm about to beat your ass
2: <laughs>
0: if you insult my Lord and Savior George Lucas one more time.
4: <laughs> the fact that they just dropped, like Walbo just dropped that in, and moved on.
6: Yeah, it's, it's such amazing. a random little. Lip.
1: Just Salt Bay. Just you know. It just made a me
4: actually kind of question, like, did I miss something earlier in the book because? he's using a little bit like a lot of times world building in fantasies can over explain. It just feels like you're, they're just constantly hyper describing absolutely everything around them. And I feel like he's almost using this, um, like less is more method where it's like acting like you already know. And then eventually Mm -hmm. you'll know because things will keep getting sprinkled in um yeah. but instead of you know going through these long descriptions of you know how this world is different than what we're currently you know used to it's like oh yeah this this just does it so casually and then mm-hmm. eventually i'm sure we'll get more um later which i think that this professor haywire will be one of those name drops that you guys were talking about um that oh. will come up later on
3: save it mm. for the prediction yeah. section at the uh-huh. end. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, with that
6: uh it I mean it just makes me think of of a conversation I had with a writer friend of mine and talking about treating the reader as incredibly stupid or incredibly smart kind of like, well, I wouldn't I don't need to explain this to you in depth. I don't need to take an entire, you know, chapter to explain this. You guys will get it. I don't have to spell it out for you. And I love that because it really does feel like, like you said, Kat, it doesn't feel like, you know, he's waxing on and on and on about this. He can just sprinkle it in. And it's like, like, we already know it. Like, it's already part of normalcy that we are just a part of, you know, by peeking yeah. into to Taylor's world. But like, we're not being treated like idiots that need to have everything explained to us. It's like, as it comes up, there it is. And, you know, okay, oh yeah, Earth earth left. And we're like, what? And then, you know, a little bit later, I'll give us a little something else. Oh yeah, you know, Professor Haywire. It's like, oh, uh, okay, all right, okay, I can. Yeah, let's go. And I don't yeah. feel like I'm, you know, being talked down to, to be like, okay, well, silly, silly reader. Let me explain to you how this complex world actually is. Like, it it feels so smooth.
0: Yeah. It's just big dick energy on Wild Bo's part. Wild yeah. Bo, you have <laughs> a massive dick. Like, literally just being like, oh, like, that's just the Manton effect. Or, oh, oh like, yeah. they just get it from Earth A-Lift. Like, it's just, sir, good job.
5: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I think for writers, we call it big pen energy. Big,
6: big pin yeah,
2: energy.
5: Big pen energy. Or I
6: guess yeah. big keyboard energy, since it's a web
0: mm, serial? Maybe. Uh, well yeah, we could do this all night, but I will say another another part of this chapter right before we close it out. Um, honestly, the conversation with the dad when is it when exactly like I thought it would? Um, I know that they'll probably have an explosive plot episode whenever he finds out she's skipping school, but literally oh. this is just this is just classic, just parent trying to ignore the problem, but also trying
5: to figure out yeah. what's going on, and then child yeah. trying to just step tiptoe around it. Oh man, that's such a hard, yeah, such a hard line. And I think because we got (laughs) that perspective from Danny where we, we learned that he did explode once and that scared the crap out of his daughter that now, you know, if he hadn't have done that, maybe they could be a bit more honest, but now she's so afraid that he might explode or he's going to you know, do something crazy that she is a bit more wary of talking to him. And yet, he obviously still loves her and wants to know, so he's like trying to get in there in little ways, but not really push too hard and that's just oh, it's kind of heartbreaking in its own way, so alongside with that,
1: something that weird about taylor's family that i didn't i don't think I realized, and maybe I misread this, but because of the nature of uh how her mother died, we you know, we f- find out that it's because she was texting and driving. Nobody else to blame, but her. So it's kind of rough. Taylor doesn't have a cell phone.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's not like it's, it, you know, it's, you know, the story's a bit dated, but still every one of the other kids has a phone and Taylor doesn't. And she doesn't even really worry too much about it, except for like the two times where like cell phones would be like desperately needed. Cause I'm about to get killed. Like, and I think, you know, that one of those weird things were like, she's never had one. And that's probably because of her dad, maybe more than her. Um, but she's just kind of always gone with it. Um, yeah. But, you know, yeah, I mean, anger who's, who's being.
6: Who's she going to text? She doesn't have any yeah. friends.
1: That's true. Her dad. Yeah. Well,
4: She doesn't even talk to him. Like, what would yeah. she need a phone for? Yeah.
5: yeah. Yeah.
4: Well, she needs a phone now.
5: Yeah, yeah she, she does. Didn't ooh, she ooh. get one? Didn't she give yeah. one? Yeah, Brian gives her one or two. Brian gives her three.
6: Yeah,
0: yep, right. oh, is it three?
6: <laughs>
5: <laughs> it's
1: like two burners and a uh, one to oh, call yeah, you that's, on. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's right.
6: Uh, so we, we, you know, we've we've kind of moved into three point three here with the, you know, that a little bit, but also the uh, the the bank job vote and planning, mm. and them talking about some of that stuff. Um,
0: yes. Uh, I will admit that this is some of the funniest superhero naming because obviously with Glory Girl last arc, I immediately thought of a joke which immediately gets brought up this arc. Yes. And then we yeah. get the Clock Blocker.
5: <laughs> oh, yes. yes. This is this
0: is Big Pin Energy from Wanda. <laughs>
5: which is absolutely a name that a teenager would give themselves as a superhero. And that's what I love. about it. Oh yeah. Absolutely. So,
0: and with the funny names, um, I loved like literally like told cat in the middle of reading it. I was like, wait, 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 look at this. Like the way that they talk about, like this one's a tinker. Oh, this one has the Alexandria package. I love that so much. Like, I don't know if it's my humane, need to classify everything but I just I love the superhero classification so much
1: yeah yeah and once again it's like one of those worlds where like oh my gosh the Zeds or the Walking Dead are here like nobody's ever seen a zombie before or know generally how zombies operate like right you know these guys live in a world that would you know oh we've got superheroes we're gonna like classify them we're gonna go oh you've got the Alexandria package. you know like they They've seen superhero movies. They have superheroes. They're not going to say they're not superheroes.
5: Like
3: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah,
5: yeah. and yeah, the the names you can kind of tell like maybe who came up with their own name versus who was, <laughs> who was maybe suggested a name. A name. <laughs> like Kid Kidwin and Clockblocker, those two came up with their own names. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Whereas I could see I could see like Aegis and Gallant, maybe somebody being yeah. like Yeah uh you know hey here's an idea for a name and they're like yes that is me.
3: Yeah. But- like Galen specifically sounds like that's a name his parents gave him which yeah. the little mm-hmm. bit we know about his story mm-hmm. sort of checks out. Like you know you're <laughs> a ri- you're a rich son to rich parents and everybody you know you got yeah y- he was given his name. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And right after that um Taylor has a meeting with Armsmaster. Yeah. Mm,
3: which yeah, made so- me
0: feel so old.
6: Yeah, that gets us into 3.4 <laughs> and 3.5 um,
4: with the meeting with Armsmaster. Yeah. I loved this scene.
7: I did too. Um, mm-hmm.
4: Because, oh my God, did her immaturity and naivety come out yes. so hard in yes. this
5: conversation
4: with Armsmaster. Like, yeah. her whole just like i'm i'm undercover and he's like no you're not like for who like what are you even you're literally literally asking me for permission to commit a crime
5: yeah (laughs) Yeah. you're a literal child you're you're asking super cop if you can go commit a crime
2: (laughs) (laughs) and and that's
5: where my age
6: right now you idiot (laughs)
5: Yes, my
0: age got the better of me so bad because I remember being a teenage boy in the high school cafeteria eating, just like, if terrorists come through those window, I've got them. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like we've all met. Every daydream in church. Yes, and literally just hearing her talk to armsmaster, just I can literally, I'm speaking as him, just like, people die. Like literally, this is a life or death thing. And you're just treating it like, no, no, like, I'll find out who Big Boss is, which also forgot about that.
3: Who's funding mm, this? Mm, oh, prediction. Yeah. Save it for the prediction. I'll save it. I'll save it. I'll save it. Where does <laughs> the
0: money come from? <laughs> exactly. Where is it coming from? Is Donald Trump in this universe too? Follow anyways, the money.
1: <laughs>
0: but yeah, I felt like an old man, just like, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm King Triton.
5: Is exactly. I was going to say it's the the aerial situation. <laughs> yes.
1: It, it is such a. It, this is one of those things where he's so good at writing not one sided characters, yeah. because mm-hmm. I totally am on Taylor's side. She wants to do this thing. He just won't let her. And you know what? I feel like she's kind of justified a little bit. And at the same time. I also am with Arms Master, cause like what is this child doing? Asking Robocop to commit a crime? Like his hand is twitching on that gun. Like
4: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This isn't oh, like yeah. a little crime either. This is like <laughs> oh. this is a huge freaking crime. And she's <laughs> yeah. literally like, oh, it'll be fine. Like I agree with um like the because the idea that like she's making this bank heist, this basically like not a big deal in her head. And I'm like, could you imagine just and again, this is like aging us. Like we're all obviously way into getting it adults here because my head is like, could you imagine if you found out that your kid robbed a bank?
6: <laughs> your 15 year old <laughs> daughter. Yeah.
4: Robbed a bank. What? Like Oof. and for what? Like what was the reason? Oh, because I'm like trying to like <laughs> figure out what's bad guy and i'll be like you fucking stupid
5: and don't <laughs> like, don't worry don't about like... it dad i'm gonna undercover <laughs> the criminal organization all on my own oh, It'll be oh.
4: you dummy and like, with armsmaster, master like for him he's probably like yeah you, if you're telling me that you have information give me that information right now and i can stop this bank heist and like you could come join the wards like probably still like You have information right now. Why won't you give me information right now? No. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because She wants to be friends with them still. She wants to be on both sides because she's starting to like the undersiders. So she doesn't want to completely give it away that she isn't on their side because I think subconsciously she is. So.
3: And her final yeah. lines in that chapter too, I oh. think, just illustrate that where she's like, "And I'm gonna rob the hell out of this bank," <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. and
1: not only am i gonna rob the hell out of it, I'm gonna tell Miss Militia yeah, all the I'm information. Tell Miss
3: oh, yeah. Militia, right, yeah.
4: <laughs> such a teenager thing. It to is see. such Ugh. a teenage
6: like loyalties. Like I love it. Yeah. It's she's just like, "Oh, okay, you're not a like, superhero you're anymore." <laughs>
4: yeah,
5: exactly. he is the exactly. Mister like, Gladly you know. of superheroes right now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, you sir. I do like, st- I do like too though how um we get a hint that part of the reason Armsmaster is so standoffish is because uh Taylor finds out that when he took the credit for taking down Lung and then Lung almost died
6: yeah
5: like yep. that came back on him and so he exactly. he comes into this already upset at her but not really being justified in being upset at her so that definitely doesn't help him either. I w- again this is kind of my what if thinking but. I wonder if he'd come in a bit calmer and more rational and hadn't been so upset at her, if that would have changed her mind at all. Because part of what ends up happening is she's like, you know, being a teenager, but reasonably she's like, well, you've been an asshole to me. I'm going to prove you wrong, you know, and I I kind of get that. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, you know, I don't want to do something until you tell me that I can't or shouldn't and then <laughs> right,
1: right Arm- exactly. and arms master is the most authoritarian character that you can be just because he in my mind he's robocop and yeah. <laughs> it's just like when he's like don't do that like immediately the gut instinct is like oh i'm gonna do the hell out of that,
4: totally gonna do <laughs> yeah. that now. Exactly. i just got i got um the Incredibles vibes from, you know, Buddy when he's a kid, turn, you know, before yeah. he's syndrome. The yeah. And there he's yeah. like, Go home, buddy. And then, you know, that's the beginning of his villain origin story. Um yeah. and I'm like, oh, this is what we're getting for Taylor. Like this <laughs> like this for sure is her going to be a villain. I still think anti-hero though, because I don't think she's suddenly gonna be like, Yeah, I'm okay with killing people, because she's so against that part but i feel like she's gonna be like i don't care about committing crimes as much as i as long as i'm not like hurting people or you know and i don't think i think her motives will be more i think that's obviously it's going to be more gray as we go but um i think again i i'm gonna let you you
3: finish (laughs) i'll let you finish but (laughs) did you finish the arc yes
2: (laughs) (laughs) no I'm joking
3: just because I do love I do love how Taylor I I, because I 100% agree with you I think that's exactly where her mind is but then we get into the bank heist uh, to jump ahead a couple chapters here and I I mean to me she begins to enjoy herself maybe a little too much in her in her intimidation of the hostages and her confrontation towards the end there Um, so yeah no I think I think you're absolutely right
4: She likes being powerful. Mm. I think she likes being powerful against other people Uh with powers. Yes, I agree. I don't think... think, Because having power over the hostages, I think, made her feel good. But I don't think that she... I mean, obviously, y'all have read it before. But I'm just thinking, like, she's not suddenly gonna be, like... It's gonna be a long time before she's, like, accepting of like the possibility of people dying on her. Yeah.
5: App. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I agree. Yeah. And, and I think actually that whole power thing is just yes. something that just comes to mind. She doesn't like it when she has to take control of the hostages and scare them. But mm-hmm. when other heroes who she perceives as more powerful than her are being harmed, that's when it starts to be like, Oh, I'm beating somebody better than me. And I think it, mm-hmm. power for her is really important because of the yes. whole bullying dynamic.
6: Yes, yes, yes. She, yes. Knows,
5: she knows what it's like to be bullied. She doesn't want to use her powers to hurt people who can't fight back. But when it comes to like Aegis, who is clearly yes. nearly invincible and like, he's getting bullied wow. around, it's kind of like, oh, hey, now I'm beating people who are stronger than me, theoretically, who are better than me.
6: Who I'm, potentially deserve it.
5: Exactly. <laughs> and it's this idea of like, I'm- Punching up. I'm more, pow- yeah, punching up. Exactly, that's the phrase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She doesn't want to punch down yet, but she's she's very much okay with punching up every time. Even
6: with the hostage, like she's she taking, you know, control of that situation and being like, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm suggesting a solution here by having my bugs on everybody. She is still playing, you know, the hero in a sense because she can keep an eye on everybody. She can, you know, she might, while she might be outwardly threatening people with, you know, venomous spider bites, like She's actively trying to keep an eye on all, the, all of the uh, hostages, make sure everyone stays safe, make sure everyone stays calm, keep them out of harm's way. And then she's able to completely let go against the capes that show up, the, the heroes that show up and kind of like, well, I can't outwardly you know, defend myself at school, but I can do it here and I can yeah. let loose here. And that feeling of flipping the power dynamic of being like, well, I've been powerless at school, and now I have power, and I can use it, and I can I can be vicious if I need to be, is like an interesting little flip
2: mm-hmm,
6: that I mm-hmm. see in her, and I I love it. <laughs>
4: I love it. Mm-hmm.
6: Well,
1: there's, <laughs> this is a great moving to the next section with the cops and robbers talk. Yeah. Um. Because yeah. there's there's a there's two dynamics that I love here. One. Is that, you know, it's all theatrical. Like, at the end of the day, these are grown-ass adults, and Mm -hmm. sometimes kids, dressing up, having the things like a bank full of hostages be their, like, stage, you know, going through the motions. And at the end of the day, like, they go to jail knowing that they're going to break out again, you know, with the whole three-strike rule. Right. Which, As always, great explanation for why everybody keeps breaking out of jail in, like, Batman's world. Um, (laughs) But the other part of it is in them doing this song and dance, the good guys and the bad guys are constantly song and dancing with each other.
2: Yes. Um, Mm -hmm.
1: And it goes all the way back to when she was looking at the enforcers on the boardwalk. These aren't the cops. And, like, they're, like, hired thugs, essentially for the boardwalk that like oh if you're causing trouble on the boardwalk these kind of pseudo criminal guys drag you out back and beat the shit out of
0: you you know <laughs> it's really <laughs> like, yeah it's very vegasy vibes we're yes. literally yes it's like okay if if you have someone who wants to be a mass shooter and shoot up a casino in vegas the cops got to take you out cuz you're crazy but if you're trying to like plan a heist or just rob a store or something then the the casino is going to take care of you cuz they're like okay you're going to you're going to drive away business and we yeah. can't have that here and i i loved that whole cuz to me it's just the tale as old as time um the bread and games where it's like the people are distracted with superheroes fighting supervillains so if you're just dressing up in your tights and just fighting each other who cares but it's yeah. the real bad ones that's what we have to focus on
1: yeah uh, they they talk about that, right? Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Bit.
4: Yeah. Well, and that heroes need villains to be heroes. Yes, exactly. There's mm-hmm. literally no other way for them to have that power over society, and for the and especially because the protectorate is a government-run thing, right? So, mm. in order to ensure that their capes have the most influence and power over society's perception of capes and like the protectorate, you need villains for them to fight and win against,
7: which right.
4: later on is the reason why Miss Pigget, Piggy that they called her, but Pigget, um, Pigo, Okay. Um, I think that's why <laughs> that she was does not so, sound nice. so mad. I
5: think that's how it's <laughs> pronounced. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, well and that gets into as well the the different categories of people with superpowers that uh t- that uh Lisa mentions. Um where it's like okay, you've got your regular run of the mill capes, that's ninety percent of people, but then you have your um what do you call them? There's the like the people who go too far S-class or threats. who
2: Yeah,
5: S class Yeah. S class yeah, threats, um or the ones that she calls the real monsters who are barely even mm. human anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah. Yeah, she actually mentions a couple of them. I I wanna I wanted to pull them up really quick. I, I don't have them
1: right in front of me. Well, like I, I don't know if it's here they talk about somebody essentially looked and I wh- I can't remember if it was the hero or the villain, even, but they found out about somebody's at-home life, you know, outside the mask, and they went to their house and everybody's like, That's an absolute no-no. And you know, yeah. all of a sudden, you got robloxed like right.
0: <laughs> yeah just well,
1: where where you cross no that line
0: loud. yeah
1: like, yeah basically I
0: think, I think they even mentioned which this is kind of foreshadowing just the type of story this is going to be but like male superheroes like beating the female villains and then having their way with them and they're yeah. just like okay like that's a big no-no we have to stop you
6: yeah
0: yeah um, mm-hmm.
3: yeah
6: yeah the the list here she says if i can quote from it um the people who take it all too seriously are those who wouldn't, you wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of, like Lung, Oni Lee, Heartbreaker, Bitch. And then there are monsters, the really dangerous motherfuckers who are barely human anymore, the Slaughterhouse Nine, Nilbog, the Endbringers. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that, that she mentions Bitch in the same category as, uh, as Lung in the term mm-hmm. of, you know, the people who you, who you really don't want to get on them the wrong side of. And I think that's interesting. Cause I don't feel like we've really seen like we, we see in here in in the, in the, you know, the bank heist, we see what, what bitch and her dogs can do, but yeah. they don't. And while they are very vicious, are they comparable for what we've seen? Are they comparable too long? And like, from what we've seen so far, I would say probably not. But then again, if, if Lisa is putting bitch and her dogs in the same category as Lung, I I can't wait to see when Bitch like lets loose. You know? Yeah. Like I
1: ugh. Well, I think I think I bitch is easily worse than Lung. Like, because she clearly has we'll just call it autism for now. But like <laughs> she lung probably even understands that like the whole having a gang is part of the sh- song and dance. Like, Oh, mm-hmm. somebody lost territory, you gained territory, all that jazz bitch has no real social like understanding. She doesn't yeah. understand social cues very clearly. She doesn't understand why people ask questions. Like she doesn't understand that this is a song and dance. Like to her, she's kind of getting pointed in a direction and anybody that annoys her even is worthy of, like, they just need to die because like, that's the easiest thing is just to kill them and get them out of the way.
3: Yeah, and don't forget, of course, that even though Taylor did, of course, significantly weaken Lung, uh, Bitch's dogs did essentially pin him afterwards. And so just in terms of power, too. she's was she probably, flaming out, too. Yeah, yeah. So she is, she is quite strong. Yeah. But
1: yeah, I wouldn't even think of it of a strength perspective. Just like, like they said, who takes it too seriously? Yeah. For bitch, this is one hundred percent serious. Yes. Yeah. For everybody else in the undersiders, they do not like. This is a this is a job, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Put on yeah, your uniform. You down. go. Put in your hours. You clock out.
4: Which, I think, also gives perspective on their individual responses to the idea of the bank heist because like brian was very much like why would we do that like that's so risky and like obviously he's like i do jobs to get money not because i want to do this job like
2: yeah
4: like he's not versus like i can't remember specifically like bitch's reaction but i feel like it's very much like yeah i'll do it like (laughs) of course i want to do this thing um but Brian's like, I don't think the risk is worth the reward, mm. and I think that is gonna continue. Like, he's not a villain to yeah. be a villain. I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do we want to go ahead and kick off this bank heist? Oh. Yeah. Let's put the let's put the bugs in the van.
6: I was gonna let's say put the
1: <laughs> bugs in the van. I feel like we oh. should
6: we should group oh. some chapters oh. here. Uh, just so we can yeah, talk about idea. the heist as a whole. So we have yeah. the arrival at the bank um, and and uh, sweeping through, taking hostages. Uh, Taylor puts a, a bug on each person so she can monitor them and know where they all are without necessarily having to have eyes on them. They start bagging up the money. There's a little bit of small talk with Bitch. Um, and then whoopsie-doo, the wards show up in much larger numbers than we had anticipated uh, with uh, quite, a, quite a large little group. A little six of them, I think, show up. Um, we end up with an all out attack with Taylor taking on Clock Blocker. Uh, some more fighting. Tattletail goes back into the bank. Uh, we have Kid wins insane cannon. Um, and Taylor gets a fire extinguisher to the head, in which case, uh, turns around. Oh, hey, look, it's Panacea and Glory Girl <laughs> hanging out in the lobby. Yep. Uh, and we have a, a fun little interesting moment where uh, with Taylor and her bugs and kind of getting a little bit of a headache and trying to figure out what's going on with her power and a conversation with Tattletale and Panacea and Glory Girl, and kind of this this a little a good little conversation there where Tattletale plays some some mind games with uh, ending it as the Undersiders retreat into the rain.
0: All right, so I'll go with the prep phase first. So as far as prepping mm-hmm. goes, I thought it was because I was wondering, I was like, where is Taylor, and how is Taylor going to get as many bugs as she yeah. can to the scene? Um, beautifully descriptor there, just, and literally <laughs> so the funny. image of a van full of bugs is terrifying. <laughs> it's so but scary. A
1: Penske moving van full yes. of bugs. <laughs> and, and then gross. the other <laughs> full of monster dogs. They roll up to this oh pack God. in heat.
0: So and the uh, the image of Um, Bitch basically having to transform these dogs slowly Mm -hmm. like just basically like molding them and crafting them into these beasties just slowly so she doesn't burn out. I thought that was a great just little descriptor addition. Yeah, I Mm. love that.
6: We're kind of getting more of an insight into Bitch how she uses her powers a little bit there, which is great because I mean it's not, I mean clearly, it's not instantaneous she can't just like poof and there's a giant monster dog.
0: Right. Mm Hmm. And then I know that this really got to me, but um, I always wondered for gated communities and different areas like that, just, well, what happens when an ambulance needs to show up? Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned mm. when I start when I started working at a hospital, you know, ambulances have certain transceivers to where it's just a universal code that will open up gates for like those gated communities. And they very much so talked about that where it's like, oh yeah, you know, SWAT teams and superheroes, We just give them codes to buildings. That way they can just get in and they immediately exploit it. And I'm like, okay, well, that was
6: again, those little details. That's just kind of thrown in like, Oh, Hey, you know, just in case you hadn't thought about this while putting it out there. I love it. I
0: love it. Exactly. Just craziness. Um, but the fighting. Oh, Oh my gosh. cow, y'all, y'all told me it was great, (laughs) but I was not prepared for just how great. Um, right. I had never thought about having telekinesis used within like an inch of a person, but mm. then being able to personify strikes. I mean, holy cow. That was just the, the biggest thing that stuck out to me. I mean, what for y'all, what was when you read this for the first time, if you can remember, like what, what got you excited as for far me, as the it, fighting goes?
3: For me, it was, it's one word and it's the same word I use to describe good fight scenes visually as well in films, and television. And that's, weight like when you mm. can feel the impacts and effects so the example i use in reading this chapter is when when bitch jumps at ages for the first time wraps him in the dog's tail and slams him into the ground mm. the way wild Bo writes that it just you feel your bones breaking as he's describing the impact <laughs> and he carries it throughout the rest of the fight just the weight of every throw, every punch, every hit, every bite, every sting, everything like that is just so visual. Uh, oh my god! It just it sells the, the scene for me.
4: The bugs and clock oh. blocker. Oh my gosh!
2: All right, we're him gonna
3: intro
1: the podcast within a podcast. Welcome to what the fuck, Taylor? <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah.
1: Shoving just as many bugs down clock blocker's throat as and possible, up his
6: nose and in <laughs> and his up
3: ears, his nose
1: and in and just us. any hole can find.
4: In his poor freaking kid.
6: eyes! Oh Any my hole. God! Oh, you know what man. they say:
1: a hole's a hole, and oh, Taylor so... will find it.
4: Oh my God! And oh, she'll put God. a bug in it.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, she'll put a she'll put a bug <laughs> right up in it, and it gets worse because his power, as he's like randomly oh, freezing yes. bugs in place, they're frozen in his throat. Some of them are frozen in him.
6: Yeah.
5: Yeah.
6: <laughs> well, Taylor says it so nonchalantly, but like, oh well, let's hope he doesn't vomit because he'll choke on his vomit. Like I'm sorry what? Taylor. Yeah. Taylor. It,
4: that whole that was so, oh, so gross up. And I was like, I, oh my god. That yeah. that scene that scene had my skin crawling. It had oh, me yeah. I don't ever want to see a bug ever again. <laughs> and I, I didn't even have to see a bug. Oh get ready. We're only in arc this- 3, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Get ready
1: for your main character right now to be nothing
5: but bugs.
4: I, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, but that I was not ready for the eyes, the nose, oh, God. The ears. Oh.
5: <laughs> it makes sense, though, because her power is against certain characters. It really is essentially useless, like against characters like Aegis. She knows, OK, that's a losing matchup. And even against Clockwalker, like for a while, he was fine. Like he was just. The only reason he got tripped up was because he was trying to help Aegis and he got distracted. And and also, because he's, an and, and also <laughs> because he's a goofy yes. motherfucker.
1: And also because he's a goof. Yes, because he's a goofy. He describes him so well. I, I, lo- I love him. And that this just intro, even how he gets beat, he runs into one of his own frozen bugs in the air. I love
6: it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it.
1: Like, like
3: of course, Close
6: you're not going to see himself it on a bug. Yeah.
1: He yeah. knocks himself out with his own power. I love that, like, which just goes to show what kind
5: of a goober he is. Which but I also love, though. Oh, go ahead, Taylor.
1: No, oh, I, I, the only thing I was
0: going to say, I also loved. It was two jocks just trying to be smart, and they're like, <laughs> "What if I wore your costume and you wear mine?" And then, literally, <laughs> oh since Clock
5: Blocker wasn't was in his
0: costume, say. he fucking got attacked.
5: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which honestly, honestly, yeah. though it would have worked. The only reason they yeah. look dumb is because the Undersiders have Tattletale, And that's yes. legitimately the only reason. Um, Such a good
6: ace. Ace up the yeah, sleeve. Yeah, oh, I love it.
0: Mm-hmm. And I will say, though, that I had my suspicions whenever they were talking about Aegis just earlier on in the chapter. They're like, oh, you know, Aegis has the Alexandria package, but he's actually not invincible. He just heals really well, and he can just damage himself and then, like, recover. And I had my suspicion and I was like, that sounds terrible. And then throughout the <laughs> fight, and then especially in the Ugh. interlude, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, this guy punches you, just shatters his wrist, and he's got a floppy arm, and then he just keeps hitting you with it. <laughs> so and I'm like, this <laughs> poor dude. <It's> so
6: <laughs> gross. Just wet noodle slapping you well, all over the place. It, sounds
5: like, oh, well, it sounds like he must have some kind of mental pain blocker or something. He's got to have to God because, he does. <laughs> because, well, because, because, I mean... I th- I think oh. that's part of the point, though, is like if he Ooh. would because he has those built in redundancies, I think the theory would probably be if he would feel pain, his body just says you're not going to feel pain. Yeah. um mm-hmm. And that's like part of the package of his powers, which is so crazy. And you you see him in this fight and it's like, you know, that that uh-huh. weight, like Jacob said, where bitch's dog throws him to the ground and then he gets up immediately. You're like, what?
6: barely Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, like
0: hopefully, I mean, hell?
5: I know that Panacea like
0: basically deals with the healing for most of them, but I hope that they have good health insurance because between <laughs> between Gru just knocking the fuck out of Vista and then Taylor knocking the fuck out of Venice, Panacea and then Aegis getting knocked out, I mean, these are just like NFL players getting CTE left and right.
5: <laughs> although, although even then at the end, Taylor was describing how they had to hide from Aegis because he was probably flying around still looking for them.
1: Oh,
0: like, just like a floppy little noodly arm <laughs> guy because he's all a whole, like a limp doll <sighs> just
1: flying through he's the He's like air. a wind. He's like a windsock.
5: You know what it is? Oh, no. <laughs> know-
4: massive holes w- out of his body that he could stick his whole arm yeah. through. You know what
5: it is? Oh. He, he is SpongeBob. That's what no. it is. SpongeBob. Oh my god!
0: <laughs> oh, oh, my just god.
5: squish him and cut him and oh. slice him up, and he doesn't. He doesn't care. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually- I, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was going to say that it's interesting you bring that up, Taylor, about the like talking about he has the Alexandria package, you know, he's invincible, but not actually. And I think that's a great foreshadowing to, oh, look, here's glory girl. She also has the, you know, the Alexandria package and same way. She's not actually invincible. Mm -hmm. And for all intents and purposes, they are all super strong, like Superman type. Flyers, but they all do it different ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like cool. nobody has technically the exact same power.
3: Yeah. And uh speaking of of Gloria Girl, how about her confrontation with Oof. Taylor and Tattletail?
6: Ooh, Lordy. Um, Ooh Lordy.
0: Tattletail almost has as big of balls of steel yeah. as Freaking Big wild dick bow.
6: Swinging. Big dick swinging. I know, swinging.
0: just like, like wild bow. Wild bow is S tier dick and freaking <laughs> Tattletail is like AA+. Let's
6: mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I love that. I love that she, she, I mean, she says it like, don't call me stupid. Because like you, by calling Tattletail stupid, you are so vastly underestimating her and her abilities and just... Her kind of little glance, and like, hmm, and breaks down walls. Like I, oh, I love it so much. I think, cause I know we've talked about this in previous episodes. But like favorite cape of the of the episode, but Tattletale, oh, just freaking crushed it. I love it. I love I,
3: I lo- it. I loved her. Uh, I loved her jab when she's like, oh yeah, so my power is I'm psychic and glory girl's like nah that's not possible she's like <laughs> bitch you're invincible and can
5: fly what are you talking about like look around uh, <laughs> what do you,
3: I also love what uh, do you think
5: like, like oh did mommy help you get into parahuman college
6: <laughs> uh, oh man just needling uh, all of the weaknesses I just love, I it. I love yeah, it
1: love their 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 rivalry it's so great so and it starts it's
3: off so she good. walks in. she's like oh hey glory hole <laughs> right away <laughs> it's, so a good nickname. it's the epitome uh. of this brains versus bronze matchup
5: that yeah. we yeah. see everywhere yes. but it's it's so and clever and there's it's a there's so an interesting too. oh go ahead Alan
1: well, I was gonna say it's also really really great because in the brains versus brawn matchup Tattletale is so smart that you know she's playing these chess moves and uh, every now and then she kind of forgets that glory girl's just gonna throw Taylor at her like just wipe the chessboard and just bludgeon her and it's like is that the smartest option no but sometimes like Lisa forgets that like oh yeah sometimes dumb people don't do rational things and (laughs) Gloried girl could just beat you to death like
5: yeah (laughs) yeah no that's um what's what's interesting about that too is I feel like uh you you find out importantly that panacea wasn't actually manipulating Taylor but was manipulating her spiders, yes. oh, which is really interesting that Panacea, she obviously doesn't have the same powers that Taylor has, but clearly her powers extend to other life forms, which is really interesting. Yes. And on top of that, you kind of have, I feel like you have brain and brain versus brain and brawn. And because you have Taylor, who's pretty smart. She seems pretty smart throughout the series. I'd say Panacea is obviously very clever. Uh, Tattletale is like double smart. And then you have Glory Girl. <laughs>
6: <laughs> the semi-truck?
5: Who's like, yeah, yeah the semi-truck that uh, you hope yeah. you can get out of the way of. But I love the subtle way that Tattletail is helping Taylor while they're talking, to. Yes, yes. just mm-hmm. the, the laser like,
4: pointer?
6: The laser yes. pointer so pointing good. it at
5: the bugs so that she could kill them. And yeah, it was just like, oh, that was brilliant. And just...
0: I, oh, I'm so sorry. Go ahead, Taylor.
5: No, no. I was just about to say, just...
0: The fact that you have that level because usually you'll have like a moral dilemma where it's like, oh, since I'm this smart, I I know the pain that I'll inflict. I know this, so I so I can't I can't ever <laughs> I can't ever stoop down to the brawn. And then she's just like, Oh, her force field, oh, okay, and then shoots her.
3: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was, I was like, she
0: is about to be a force to be reckoned with.
3: Yeah. And this, and this is going to not to get ahead of, of our sections here, but I'll bring this back up when we get into favorite superpowers, because the Taylor firing the gun for me, and I was like reminding myself as I'm rereading this, one of my favorite Taylor moments of the whole series. Cause it's just, it's so perfectly encapsul- encapsulates the power that Tattletail's uh, ability gives her and just being able to see the subtleties and weaknesses in people um, that gunshot comes out of nowhere. Like, nobody sees it coming. And I read that, and I, I remember reading it for the first time and going, did did she just kill her? Like, <laughs> <laughs> is Glory Girl dead? And then, of course, she's not. But, like, oh,
5: it's such a good moment. I, that yeah. Tattletail yeah. is favorite character. Yeah. Moving on to another section of the fight. Um, I love, I, I, I kind of like Kidwin. I don't think, he's not my favorite <laughs> hero from the, the arc. Oh. But I love, he's just like, she turns around and he's like, yeah, Kidwin is summoning a huge fucking cannon.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Oh my gosh. Kidwin
3: to me is like Green Lantern from all the new 52 DC films where he's just there and has so much power and could do so much but he has absolutely no idea how to handle any of it. It's <laughs> like, he's just yeah. back there summoning giant like,
5: weapons. Yeah. Just gets wrecked by Regent. What a great, like yeah. Regent just calmly walking towards him and just like flicking him off the skateboard, making him drop the gun and then stabbing him with the taser. It's like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. about right.
0: And if that's oh. the case, I'll just go ahead and just talk about him in the interlude right quick, just to keep it flowing. But literally just they're like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, you know, there's big bad enemies like what is it, threat S or what do we say threat O S class S ranks. Yeah, like like S-tier. there he's like he's like, Yeah, I just I just came up with a giant weapon to like fight S class enemies. And then you know, um uh do we say it's Pigo Pigo? Like P-Go. director Pigo direct, yeah, Pigo or Director Pigo is like, Oh, like, well, I'm gonna need to see that power source. So I can totally study it. Um <laughs> you, 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 you know, because it's just like wait, you just you just made that? And he's like, yeah, you know, big cannon, go boom. And they're like, okay, <laughs> sir. And just the fact uh, that the government, so much bureaucracy no matter, what, just no matter what galaxy you're from, literally they're just like, yeah, we're going to need to see that and inventory this cannon to make sure it works. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, it, it totally did. Against yeah. us, and then it did.
1: We just yeah, showed, I was about to say, because he was about to blast the hell out of every one of those oh, yeah. hostages by
5: accident. If yeah, they hadn't yeah. Well, and you notice, no, and they end up the using girl. it against against the team too, because they that's what they get to hold Aegis down. As region just kind of locks it in place, firing on Aegis repeatedly <laughs> to keep him <laughs> down for a right, bit, right? Yeah, um, yeah, but no, uh, so I looked up the name so we pronounce it correctly. Apparently, it's pronounced Piggott.
2: Okay. I guess, I guess.
5: Oh, that is right. get, okay. Uh, that's right. how it's usually pronounced. Anyway. All right. Um. But yeah, that that whole like, and and again, that's that little subtle world building where they come back and she's like, "Did you register that weapon? Did you have it yeah. go through the proper checks? Mm-hmm. Are you sure you didn't just kill a bunch of people because you wanted to play with your toys?" Like, yeah. the, <laughs> which yeah. again is a subtle world building where it's like, "Oh, the heroes actually have to go through review processes for their equipment. They can't just make whatever they want and go to town."
6: yeah they are held accountable and like we see it in the interlude in after arc 2 with kind of victoria and amy and talking about how like well the the i can't remember what group are they
5: new wave they're new, new wave. wave yeah
6: kind of like well new wave is under a different category under different you know management as it were but the wards like they have to follow the proper process the procedures and they have you know tourists coming through and that they have to put on their masks and smile and wave in their dorms for you know and it's like they as much as as they are like ah yes we're we're the young heroes of the future but like they're also under a microscope so that they they you know stay the heroes that they don't you know take little cheats here and there and here and there and then ultimately you know become a corrupted power like from this little you know view we see into their world it's like they yeah. have to have these things set up because they're still kids they're still underage children yeah. with crazy powers
4: can we yeah. talk about how since we've moved into the interlude like all of the damage was done by the heroes yep
7: mm-hmm. yep. yep
4: yeah i feel like that was an important detail because like Yes, obviously we have the ones that were robbing the bank. But the ones that did damage to like the as all buildings and the like yeah, the society yeah. was the heroes, not the villains in the situation.
0: I mean, the innocents so, were just trying to rob a bank. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, "Let me let me rob the bank and no one gets hurt." And they meant it. Yeah.
1: You know, this is literally the example of like why like Walmart security doesn't chase you out when you shoplift, <laughs> you know? It's like because you really are going to do more damage by trying to stop them than if you're just also, letting them go with
3: whatever the they stole. Retail
6: stores are also insured for a certain amount of, you know. And I'm sure that. this
3: bank was insured. I think but they even say that. I think I think they say yeah, that in in the yeah they talk about how the yeah, insurance in the,
5: in the plans. Yeah, in the plans. They're for talking planning, about print
4: it. more money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you know what?
5: That's actually a really good point. That exactly. Is that is mm-hmm. But yeah, but what you said, Kat, that is true. How it's this interesting contrast between how The undersiders are so careful about their plans. Taylor is so careful about making sure that everybody's safe. No innocents get hurt. And then the heroes come in and they're just reckless. They invite a glory girl without telling their squad team. They use unauthorized weapons. They're throwing tables and buildings and smashing (laughs) streets together with Vista's power. Like, yeah, they're just so. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Like, it is an interesting point that they see they come across very disorganized and very chaotic. Yeah. Um. And obviously, of course, these are the wards. They're the teenage heroes. Uh, you would hope that the protectorate, the professional heroes, they wouldn't behave like this. But mm-hmm. uh, you get the sense that the heroes are definitely not as careful as they should be for heroes. Yeah. And can we just quickly mention?
3: My favorite, favorite line of the interlude gallon subtle. Just put it on my tab director. Oh,
1: my <laughs> God.
3: oh man. I've got rich people. Am I right? Gosh.
5: And then she's like, actually, no, no, I'm not. We're not doing yeah. that.
6: I love yeah. that though. Cause it's her recognition of like, look, you can't just buy your way out of this. Like, There are going to be consequences and there are going to be financial consequences. You are a fucking team. So you're going to pay the price like a fucking team, which I love. I just love it. Mm
5: -hmm. I do like to, um, the conversation between Gallant and Panacea is really interesting too Mm -hmm. about Panacea. I don't know, it's an interesting side of a superhero you don't really see. Because, yeah, most of the heroes that we read about, they're the ones with the big powers, you know. They've got the super strength or the super speed, and they rescue the people. But Panacea's power is a lot simpler than that. She can just heal people. But that mm-hmm. means that she feels this immense pressure that yes. other heroes don't really feel because there's not always a car to be stopped or a bank, robber, mm-hmm. bank robbery mm-hmm. to be stopped, but there's always sick people.
0: And I felt so bad. She literally said, I could spend... 20 hours a day healing people in a hospital and millions and billions will still die. Yeah. yeah. Like the, and, and I just felt so bad for her and it's just great. I love that. He did the deep dive into like, yeah, I was healing this boy and he was sleeping soundly and I was so jealous. Like I was like, why can't I do that? Yeah. And it just makes you just feel, I think she's going to play a huge part of this story just because Wow.
4: And the juxtaposition between her and her sister. Yes. Yeah. Since Glory mm-hmm. Girl is just a walking, like, destruction. Bulldozer, yeah. Bulldozer. She's just a wrecking ball in her... Pe- like, she's if she wants to do something, she'll do it, but she'll probably do it a little too hard. And versus Panacea is over here. Like, I am trying to help everyone I can... And it is never ever going to be even a little bit close to enough because her power is an extreme like help to society that she just doesn't feel like she can get to like she can help with. Mm-hmm. And Glory girl's just like, oh man, I almost killed another one. Can you please come kill can you come fix them real quick yeah. so that I yeah. don't That's get in trouble? Right. right. Like, yeah. Yeah.
5: <laughs> and the mystery of who her dad is too is such an interesting thing that I forgot about.
4: <sighs> yes.
5: That like <sighs> Realizing interested. that she's not really related and all that stuff, yeah.
4: I'm interested um, to learn who her villain daddy is.
5: Yeah, your
4: daddy?
6: Sure.
5: Who's
4: your daddy? Mm. Who will daddy be?
3: Mm-hmm. Well, are we at that not, time? Any other final remember. thoughts, well, or should we well, move? Well, into... there's one more yeah. thing.
1: Oh, okay, they yeah. finally named her.
4: Yeah. Yes.
0: Oh so,
6: yeah. What yeah, are good our thoughts on the name Skitter?
0: I was pissed. <laughs>
6: <laughs> 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 what do you think, Taylor?
0: I was, I was mad. I was like, Oh, skitter. I was like, Oh man, we could have definitely come up, but I did. I, I absolutely love that scene because he's like, well, what about Van Halen? And they're like, Oh, there's already a rock band named that. He's like, well, what about ZZ top? (laughs) Oh, well, there's a country band that he's like, damn it. And literally just having to like cycle through all of the index to find a new name. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I like the idea that they probably were also thinking like venom But they were like, oh, no, that's that Marvel villain. Like, that exists in the world.
1: (laughs) Earth the Left already has that, actually.
0: Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
5: When I like, too, that they even think about how the name will be taken by the public. So they're like, what if we just call her Maggot? And they're like, no, it looks it looks bad if we lost to a girl named Maggot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
4: Yeah, their their name choice was highly. Sorry.
5: Go ahead. Oh no! I was just gonna say it's interesting too that a couple of them think that she's a, a guy at first, but oh, yeah. Clock Blocker corrects them because yeah. he knows. <laughs> he <laughs> knows.
6: He knows. No, no, no,
1: no, 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 no guys! I, it was a chick. I totally know.
6: <laughs> I wouldn't have lost me.
1: to a dude. <laughs> she attacked me first. She totally kicked my ass. <laughs> a dude wouldn't
6: have kicked my ass. It was totally a chick. What were you saying, Kat?
3: Oh yeah. Go I ahead. I was just,
4: I was just trying to say that. Um, I just really liked that they're like. There's absolutely no way that we can have a stupid name person beating us. Like, we got, we completely, like, we sucked, we did terrible, but there's just absolutely no way that we can have, (laughs) not give her a bad name because if we're going to lose, they need to sound badass,
1: which I guess, to
4: (laughs) to them, Skitter is badass.
1: Well, I think, I don't know if it's badass. It's just, it's mundane. It's neither. Good nor bad.
6: Yeah. I was going to say, Kat, I really do want to know your thoughts on Skitter as a, as a name or as a place I, or a name.
4: It's unique. <laughs> <laughs>
6: um,
4: All righty then.
6: That's what people say
5: to parents of kids when the name isn't good.
4: <laughs> <laughs> wow. I guess, that's I, unique. That's your kid's
5: name. Oh, that's unique.
4: I just feel like there were, there are a lot of options bug related yeah. options and they they yeah they got there quick but I'm curious to see how Taylor our main character Taylor what she thinks about it when it comes out right. in like yeah. the newspaper you know whenever the we get that scene of the newspaper spinning really fast and we see the headline
0: <laughs> I love it Definitely. she's like they called it. me what
4: yeah. yeah,
5: yeah real quick I just want to throw in again, just weird powers that we don't know fully what they do, but Miss Militia, we meet her, Mm. and she just like is randomly cycling weapons. It's like, I don't remember more details about her, honestly, from the story, so to me, I'm just like, is her power just like cycling through the Call of Duty gun menu? Like, what what is (laughs) happening? She's playing
1: gun game all the time.
5: (laughs) Exactly. um, Should we do uh, favorite superpowers or favorite capes from the arc? Yeah, yeah do our do favorite point.
0: capes and we'll end with Kat and I with our predictions. I like
5: oh, it.
1: Oh yeah. Uh I as always uh love um Glory Girl. You know, as the discover of her power kind of. It's so interesting and unique and uh yeah, it I I just really like her and the power all the time.
6: All right. I already said it, but Tattletale is just Big dick swinging this arc, just absolutely, and I love, I love seeing her thought process like in action, like that with their conversation in the in the bank. Just, oh, it's so good, and she's toying with them the whole time, and I just, oh, I love it, I eat it right up.
3: Yeah, I'll let go. I'll let go. Hannah Tattletale was the standout for me this arc.
5: Yeah, I. I always kind of gravitate towards the really weird or unique powers. And I think Vista is the one that stands out for me. This one, Mm. um, just because it's one of those powers where kind of like Taylor's at first you're like, okay, you can stretch your strength space. Sure. Fine. But then when it's applied by the right person and obviously Vista is, is in a way kind of a reflection of Taylor because she's 13, she's young. She has no idea what she's doing. um, She's an actual kid in these super dangerous situations, which is terrifying to me. Um, but just this idea of what can you do by manipulating space? its Such an interesting idea to think through the available abilities that she would have as a superhero going forward. Um, and I don't remember how much it gets explored with her or if she comes back up much, but just that idea I thought was really interesting as a superpower.
0: Um, I guess, uh, for me, because he didn't get talked about a lot, but um brobeat or browbeat. Brow um beat. just yeah, yeah just because beat. he wasn't yeah, he wasn't explained a lot, but just the fact that telekinesis was used in that way to where it's like, oh, like he's this giant, just muscular dude. But then in reality he's SpongeBob with the arms that just really quick, like right before the fight. That just was awesome. <laughs> and because then he literally like like shrinks back down afterwards where he's like, Yeah, yeah. you know. But um, and then for my prediction side of it, um obviously when I brought up did 9-11 happen, uh that leads that's gonna that's gonna be a recurring thing every week. But Mm -hmm. this uh this just leads straight into it with um director Piggott had a line where she's like, um, y'all are not going to undo all that I've built and immediately anytime any government employee or anything is like you're not going to undo what i this is i my prediction this is going to be a story to where it's okay we have to undo the status quo because there's actually like the big bank roller behind the scenes is actually some protectorate guy that's paying villains to make sure that heroes can fight that like it's going to be that whole like big smorgasbord mm-hmm. thing. So uh I okay. think that um I think that the big boss behind the scenes is definitely Mr. G um from the school. Um
2: gladly it's definitely
0: it's yeah. definitely Mr. G pulling the strings, but extremely absolutely. sinister name yeah, because uh, he's I like, like if I can just I like keep it. my students occupied,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: then maybe they won't be bullying everybody. Um, but that's what I got.
4: Um, I think my favorite superpower was actually Clock Blocker. Um, I hate his name. I think he himself is still a little goofy and like needs some work. But I think yeah. that the power is really interesting. Instead of calling it just like freezing the way that like we you would see it normally where they would just be like, Oh, they're freezing them. But to think of it's like a time, like this person, that thing is frozen in time. I just thought that was really interesting and how it becomes like a hard force that you absolutely cannot get through until it, the power wears off. So yeah, that was my favorite superpower to learn about this arc.
5: He's definitely my second favorite power.
4: Predictions. I think Professor Haywire is going to come up because I don't, you know, if you discover an alternate Earth, There's no way that that's the only thing you did, Um, so I'm interested to see (laughs) get some more information on who Professor Haywire is and how much his
3: he's a one hit wonder
4: comes into. But uh, that's (laughs) lame. I want to see how I'm. I think Taylor is going to be resistant to her name at first. Um, I don't think she's going to be like, oh, yep, that's good. I'll take it. Like, I think she's going to be like, no, I don't want that. And then it's just going to stick to where she can't avoid it any longer. Um, And I, again, I'm continuing on my strong feelings that as we continue going forward, she's going to get more and more into the Undersiders. I don't think that she's coming back from this bank heist thinking that she's still going to be able to be a superhero. I think that with, after that conversation with Armsmaster, like she's not quite seeing the good guys as always good. Hmm.
0: So. Yeah. And Jacob, if you don't mind right before you say your ending thing and we mm-hmm. can completely, we can completely delete this audio of mine if y'all disagree, but I thought a hilarious homework would be at the very beginning of next episode, we all take one show movie piece of media and what is the funniest way that earth Adolf like changed it. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Earth it Adolf is wild.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate you guys. Earth, Earth, a left the, oh the, like what is, what is one thing that you think would be hilarious that Earth, a left would
5: do differently. Yeah, well, we're well, definitely keeping on Earth, this now. On Earth, Adolf, oh, okay. the Empire would definitely have won in Star Wars.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, the yeah. Empire would have definitely
5: won in real life.
0: Das <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. Um, yeah.
3: <laughs> All right. Well, if there's no other final uh, thoughts here, we'll go ahead and and conclude this, this episode where we discussed Arc 3. Thanks for everybody for contributing, and thanks to everyone else who listened. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. We're definitely going to keep it going. Uh, next episode will be arc four. So same, same theme, same process we've had going here arc four plus the interlude. We're going to discuss that, uh, on the next episode and stay tuned for part two of this episode where Alan and I break down, uh, arc three and talk about adaptions and, and what a screenplay would look like for this portion and maybe, or maybe not, uh, how many episodes this would take. It's going to be a lot of fun. And thanks again for listening. Michael you want to play us out it into part two let's go all right well here we are uh once again uh myself jacob and alan back to break down arc three of worm uh, approaching it from a uh a adaption uh, perspective adapting it to visual media television film etc and kind of how we would go about restructuring and, and uh, sort of reorganizing the story uh, into something a bit different.
1: I, I know that we talked about cold opens. hmm You know, I want to jump right into this. Yeah. I like the cold open for this, but let me tell you that I also love a uh, like an opening credits sequence. Mm-hmm and taylor's going like taylor going on a jog Mm -hmm. because it happens so often is the perfect time to be putting uh just you know the title or the credits over it while while she's jogging around the city also a great opportunity to show the city as it progresses yeah yep i agree
3: yeah no you definitely could
1: but oh, sorry. also, if we were going to do our, like, title sequence, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, like, one that's just, you know, every time at the beginning, I think running around the city, the different parts, literally, like, having, you know, the different gangs and stuff as she goes by the different areas of town, and of course, at the end, she ends up on the pier, looking over the water, there's a bright flash of light, and her silhouette, you know, with the protectorate headquarters off to the left. Right. And then all, like, all black with
3: the white letters worm. Yeah. Yeah. I do like that. No, I, I love the imagery of her running. I think that's... it's it, it comes back a lot. It's sort of... Uh, it's, it's, it's very definitive for her character. So I think that makes a lot of sense.
1: And you don't have to do it every time. Just every time you don't have one of those good cold opens with just the worm on the screen
3: yeah no i agree the other thing too is that because the way this interlude sort of picks up right at the end of the arc you could you would only ever you could only ever do it as a cold open two ways either one it's like a sort of ominous uh you know three days later and then after the cold open we do like a three days prior that kind of thing and we don't really fill in the details or two and this might just be the better bet although i i can't remember because i haven't read the next arc yet i haven't reread it um and i can't remember what that interlude is but this could just be the cold open for the next episode after the bank heist is that you just open on the wards uh for you know episode four and the cold open is their reaction to the previous episode yeah you know
1: um i'll even say that i think this might be the first episode that we potentially have to split
3: in two i you know what i i didn't i was thinking it i didn't quite write that down but i was thinking i was going as i was looking over this i was like man this is gonna be a long episode this, <laughs> There's is a lot here this I goes usually, on for a little while i don't while. usually do it but i'm gonna
1: pull out my pen right now okay pulling out my pen i'm going to my notebook yep and i'm gonna say it's after the beating with arms master
3: okay okay all right interesting so everything Oh man, I wish I had some better notes, because everything before Armsmaster is uh all all it's like all the it's the breakdown in, in the in the in the Bank. loft, right?
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um yeah, it start you know, starts with the jog, goes to yep. school. Yep. All the stuff in the loft.
3: Yep. Okay. So then and then leave yeah, then after the after arms master. That could work. That could work. That could that could absolutely work, and then just have the entire heist as the like the next episode. Yeah,
1: because there's there's two options. There's one is to finish it with arms master, with you know on that tension, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or you finish it on, uh, the taking hostages. And it's Taylor's idea. Yeah. Either, I, I'm a little
3: either... more inclined for that route simply because aside from episodes one, the the fight with Lung, episode two is is pretty character driven. There's not a lot of action, not a lot of movement. It's it's a lot of character development and, and introductions. So if you do more of that in episode three, pacing wise, it's probably gonna be pretty slow. So it might be a good idea to to get into the heist a bit, just to sort of kind of ramp that up, yeah, and then and then cut there. I like it though. Yeah, this could easily be easily be two episodes.
1: So I was just thinking about like that's that's a perfect place after having the meeting with arms master, and for her essentially to give him the middle finger by not only aiding and abetting but contributing. Mm-hmm. Good idea on making this even more evil.
3: yeah yeah all right let's let's operate for the sake of of framing some of this we'll go ahead let's just let's just we'll kind of frame it for one episode since it's one arc but i definitely like the idea of of splitting this one up um if for nothing else just to help build the tension yeah and then in addition to that too because oh that oh another good reason to split it is because we get that Introduction to the wards via uh Tattletail, via Lisa. Mm, mm. Um and so having that payoff really come in the following episode could could work well as opposed to just cramming it all into one episode.
1: Yeah, I guess I guess you could do it with uh if you wanted to do it with the wards arriving larger. I think having like the super chaotic right out the back of them bagging money you know, getting into a fight with bitch already. And then mm-hmm. the wards showing up and, you know, it being like, well, when, you know, they weren't supposed to show up till later. Also, there's way more of them than they're supposed to be. Right, right. We just kick off the, uh, you know, the first half of the episode with the, the action. You know, we go yeah. hog wild and then you kind of slow it down with all the negotiation and finish it off
3: pretty nicely. Just, you know, walking out. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's the thing with these, and I think we're going to have this uh, this flexibility with a lot of these arcs, is you can drag out or, sh- or condense action scenes to fit whatever length you need, right? Oh, yeah. Like, we need some more time. Oh, they just fight a little longer. Oh, you know, we need to get to the ending. Oh, you know, you just you end the fight a little sooner. There's so much room to work with, so yeah. we can Whether absolutely... Whether or not you focus on a couple of
1: characters fighting over here, over there versus like, they're just in the background while two people your yeah. main girl is fighting. Oh,
3: I mean, a perfect example is in, in this arc, right? So during kind of the big showdown between, uh, with Lisa and Taylor versus glory girl and panacea kind of that mm-hmm. whole scene. I mean, that takes up like a majority of those chapters. Meanwhile, the fight is still going on outside so like you could easily cut back and forth, you know, building tension, going over here, coming back. There's so many ways that you could play around with, with that whole scene. It can just, it can take forever if you wanted it to.
1: Oh yeah, um, yeah. Before I, you know, start monopolizing stuff, is there anything you want to go over, uh, kicking off this arc?
3: Uh, kicking not not particularly. I got a few, a few things that that. In order, because my big thing, whenever I'm, whenever I'm watching a show, especially a, any sort of fantasy or, or science fiction, something like that, where there's a, an extensive world that's ripe for exploration, when I'm watching that on television, I hate exposition. I hate rote exposition, where a character is just sitting down and explaining the story nostalgia aside perfect example the star wars title crawls right at the beginning like we love mm-hmm. them now and nobody else does them because they're too iconic and we we love the way they make us feel when we see a new title crawl but the fact that if you if you have to contain your story to a title crawl in order to get your audience up to speed nowadays i think most people will consider that pretty lazy writing right we I'll see variations honest. of that
1: yeah you're 100 percent right i have never liked the title crawl <laughs> in Star Wars for that reason, yeah, but I have always loved the title crawl for its like epic aesthetic,
3: hundred oh, like, percent like I mean it's it sets the tone and, and everything uh, yeah i can't I can't knock it. it's perfect it's It's what makes star wars. I mean, you got it's a whole it's a whole thing. and of course, yeah, if you I mean if you're if you've got a style and everything like that, then that's one thing. Yeah
1: leans into that space opera. Yeah. Oh, yeah, very much and so. like having uh there's some books where it'll be like you know the not not the characters, there's another word for it. Like mm-hmm. it'll essentially be like the cast and order of appearance. And I'm like, I'm reading a book, but okay. And it literally <laughs> gives you everybody in their pronunciations like up front.
3: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh more referring to and you see this, you'll see this a lot a lot of times today where you're not getting a title crawl, but you will get like a few like over a black screen, right? You'll get some text of narration. It's the year yeah. 2100 and mankind is on the brink of extinction, yada, yada, yada. Uh, like, you my know, you do favorite know, opening to
1: the Mech Warrior franchise is always, you know, the year, you know, it's uh, the 23rd century and mankind is once again at war. And that's all they have to say.
3: Yeah. It's so good yeah. every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But all that to say, if we can avoid just spitting out exposition, then we need to in terms yeah. of how it died. done. And I say that only because the scene when reading this, the, the, the point where that popped in my head was when to, um, Lisa is running through the wards, running through the list of the wards, who is who, what their powers are, yada, yada. And it goes on and on. it works really well when you're reading it as a book, but like, if we're just sitting there listening to her say that, we're gonna, you, you're going to lose the audience. Like There's not enough to, to keep an audience engaged just listing out characters and their powers. So we have to I, do something yeah. with that, whether it's you're cutting to the ward specifically, right the, the character, and you're watching a quick scene of them displaying their powers, or if there's another way to do it,
1: that's that's the only thing initially i like that for like some comedic bits Mm -hmm. but even then the cutting to them and cutting back kind of irritates me a little
3: yeah Um, i mean it's it's not yeah you got to do it well if you're gonna do it i i think
1: the and i can't believe i'm saying this because i don't actually like it uh i think the guardians of the galaxy exposition of going around in the circle Everybody mm-hmm. makes their snide remark while we're talking about people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think is a great because uh, they even do it later. Like the heroes even do it. The wards do it yeah. when they're talking about the villains. Yeah. They literally yeah. have the same exact thing, but in reverse. Yeah. Uh, so in this case, like I, th- I think it works if we're back at the meeting room. We're going around the table we're maybe bringing up some personal history about you know characters but for the most part like i I do genuinely think that this is interesting enough that it it makes it worthwhile to have it said but for it to be quick done quickly and with witty dialogue
3: and yeah maybe that really is just the solution is just to is just to shorten all of that to just one or two quips, right? Because because you're right, we do want to hear about it, especially because specifically with the with the heist itself, we need to be aware of what Aegis and and Clockblocker can do because they switch uniforms and we need to know why that's significant. So we need to know enough about who they are to understand the importance of that that moment during the heist. So, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it is just as simple as just shortening that down to, like you said, a quick quip, a one-liner, something kind of witty while they're prepping for the heist in other ways, something like that, just sort of getting Taylor up to speed.
1: Yeah, because I think given the amount of thinking that we are already going to be cutting out, which is a great deal, um, I think that this show is going to fluctuate wildly between uh, good character moments you know, good mm-hmm. dialogue back and forth. Um a lot of exposition as well and then some just badass fights. Oh yeah. And sometimes uh those will be entire arcs. Like I don't think the expl you know, the explanation might take up a chapter, but fights will take up an entire arc. Yeah. Um sometimes. Yeah. And character moments will take up, you know, an entire chapter. So I don't think that we'll be crowding. You're going to be crowding with exposition up front. Um, but I don't think it's unwarranted for people who are coming into this world. Yeah, uh, I think I think there's a lot more that we could be putting in because we're we would be doing good editing. We're not going to um one example that i have written down or pretty early on is i would love to show off why taylor specifically picked running. Mm, and yeah. we know from flashbacks that it's because uh emma i think sicked like a bunch of boys on her right and they ran after her and she outran them but she got just winded immediately and she was like yeah i not about to have that. Yeah. Yeah. And so she started running. Right. But I don't think it would be prudent for us to show it even in a tiny flashback. I think it would be better she like runs up and Brian hands her the coffee and goes well, like when did you start running? She's like about the same time that you know Emma started like telling the cross country team to like
3: chase me down right yeah yeah no i do i like that i, I see what, i see where you're where you're going with that
1: in fact i think that's going to be a reoccurring theme mm-hmm. is there are a lot of thoughts in her head that i think we need other people to pull out of her
3: Ooh, that's good i like that because you're right we do just naturally in changing the medium we're going to lose a lot of that internal monologue just naturally yeah, that's good. I think that's I think that's pretty smart. And again, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, that's how you insert exposition without having to read it off of a flashcard, right? Yeah. You work it into the story, into the dialogue, so that it flows, so that it feels really natural.
1: Which actually makes me think about something, you know, that I'll probably come to, I'll have come to, you know, in a in the other section but mm-hmm. i think Tattletale, tattletail's power is literally exposition <laughs>
2: like <laughs>
1: yeah. And, yeah and what she does kind of in and out of combat is just exposit yep so you have to attach it to somebody who's really witty and interesting who mm-hmm. makes the exposition fun and lisa does that pretty well yep like when she's talking about things with Taylor, not only is she informing her about stuff, but she's also like, you can feel it's an active bonding experience with her. Mm-hmm. Like she is telling you this because she's relating to you because she cares. Like that's what she's doing for Taylor. And then in other points, she's doing it because it's her job. You know, there's like, right, she's right. giving information across At all times, that's just who she is and her power. But also, she does it in different ways, and I really like that because she is our main exposition for this chapter or for this arc.
3: Yeah, and I mean, and that's perfect. And like, there's there's some subtle rules to exposition that you can follow in order, because like sometimes there's no way around it. You have to put you have to put that in into the script somewhere. So little things like, as long as you're not as long as two characters aren't talking and one character is explaining something to the other character that the other character would definitely know. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Like for example, if during that quick uh, cold open with glory girl and panacea, if glory girl was explaining to panacea who their parents were, that wouldn't sound right, but they don't have that. They have, she has a glory girl explaining to the criminal. Who their parents are, yeah, right? So that exposition works. Fuck my mom is. Yeah, exactly. And that works in that scenario because that's natural and that's how you would explain it, but you wouldn't have them explaining it to each other. So, and, and the nice thing about the setup we have with Taylor and the Undersiders is that Taylor is sort of the POV character for the audience in the sense that she is new to the world of, of Capes. And so she can sort of be that sponge to absorb the exposition from Taylor, from Brian, whoever it may be, and it not feel terribly out of place to have things explained to her, uh, and by extension, explained to the audience when necessary. So there's definitely places where we can put that in. And Taylor, I mean, uh, Lisa definitely makes the most sense for that. Yeah. Um.
1: Let's see. I, I like the continued mystery that we've got going on of the boss. I think that's something... Yep. There's a few yep. things in here that I you know obviously I'm not sitting behind the camera, I'm you know writing this out, um, but I think we need to emphasize like the mystery of the boss, kind of yep um everybody wants to know, and I think continuing to play that up is pretty good. um I have another note in here somewhere about you know uh maybe like playing up the name until this chapter mhm is pretty is a pretty
3: good. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, a few things like that. And <laughs> it's funny. I, it it feels like, and we kind of mentioned this briefly, maybe last episode or before, but Wildbow definitely wrote the story. It feels like he definitely wrote the story with some cinematic framing in mind. And maybe that's just the nature of the serialized format, just two chapters a week, sort of just getting through everything. But there's elements like that that just play really well and adapt re- really well for for television, where, like you said, you have those subtle uh, mysteries that that audience can sort of speculate on week to week. Um, the fact that we had the interlude with Glory Girl and Panacea previously, like last episode, and then we oh, see right? them this episode, like it's just such a perfect sort of uh, introduction, and then and then we and then seeing them in the next episode is perfect. Um yeah, a lot of little things like that that are that make make our our job easier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh let's see. We got to
1: I mean cuz one of the exposition things is you, like everybody's going to ask about how powers work. Mm-hmm. Like it's just going to be something in your head and you know Wildbow has an answer for everything. And you've mm-hmm. got to have him talk about the Manton effect. So yeah, like that's one of those things where, like, yeah, it's just raw exposition to talk about that, but like, you gotta talk about it.
3: Yeah, and that's an um, that's an easy one to slip into a conversation with Taylor, because I, I shouldn't even—I think even in the story, right? She she doesn't know what it is, or she's like, "I'm not familiar, I'm not familiar with it to some extent." Yeah. So yeah, really easy way to rope that in. Um, there's a, there's a lot of ways because you're right there. That's going to be necessary for people to understand.
1: Yeah, I think cutting, there's a section after she talks to Arms Master, which I think is just going to be such an intense scene.
3: Oh, I'm, I I want, I can't wait. I'm speaking as if we're manifesting this into a show. I
1: have a hard time on the daily not
3: thinking that this is currently in production. <laughs> I know, we're going to, that's okay. That's why we're here. That's what we're doing we're we're, we're That's why willing it we're, That's why we're, we're willing it into existence. I'm no, I, I agree it right now. That scene between between Taylor and Armsmaster just because of how much of a contrast it is from their first Not conversation the word I
1: thought you were about to say there.
3: <laughs> how much of a contrast it is between their first conversation just the build up the starting to see glimpses of like who Armsmaster really is. Uh, oh I can't can't wait it's it's such a good yeah. scene
1: yeah I think it's also you know we were talking about doing the little end credit scene with like uh the post-credit scene with like the ripple in the water
3: yeah a little t- little tease you know
1: we got a little bit more tease of that now Mm-hmm. yeah I'm gonna say too much more but you know yep. we get talked about I uh, like you know I like all that gets thrown up right away is oh yeah uh yeah and the cops and robbers speech is another one of those, like, that's how the world works. The, the, you know, the, these are the, we're still laying the foundation for mm-hmm. how this world works. Mm-hmm. And I think that the explanation is genuinely interesting enough to break, you know, a lot of that show, don't tell. Yeah. And I know what you mean if you're watching this you've seen superheroes done every which way under the sun yep and the problem is i'll say with the exception of the boys most of them are done pretty much the same and there are some oddities out there but i'll be honest they're not good enough to warrant even like they don't, first off, I don't think they have good explanations. And two, like, they're not that interesting or that deep um, in terms mm-hmm. of, like, how their systems work to warrant an explanation. I'm, I'm, no, I'm thinking Umbrella Academy in particular in my head.
3: <laughs> yeah, okay. That makes sense. Well, and it's one of those things, too, where, like, ever since, really, we had superhero films before before the marvel explosion but in a in a post marvel world, post iron man one world, right? audiences are just so familiar with the superhero setting that you can just start a story in that setting and no one's really going to bat an eye. They're just going to go they're just going to accept, "Oh, okay, this is a world with superheroes." That's fine. Oh, yeah. Right? So, if you can improve on that, right? If you can if you can interject a little bit of that a little bit more, right? There's, there's just, there's just something here that's just not quite right. Then now you've sort of roped people in beyond just the general appeal of the genre. And I think Worm absolutely has that. So it's all about, it's all about subtly keeping that, intrigue
7: present throughout the story yeah yeah uh yeah you know it just it
1: makes you think like you don't yeah yeah i'll oh, move on move on <laughs> uh let went a lot of expectations we talked about that kicking off the bank sequence that feels really good mm-hmm. Oh man i'm just this imagining first like like oh, go we've ahead. had our essentially a 1v1 superhero showdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've got the opening with Lung. And after that, we have little interactions between people. We have uh but no full on, like um, you know, super, you know, a cape versus cape battle. We haven't yep. had that since the beginning. Yep. And ah, uh, this is a throwdown like like what seven v honestly like Fine. four
3: yeah kind of right about it's a good it's a good fight it's a it's a drawn out
1: i genuinely and i'll say this other way, i genuinely forgot all those other people showed up at the thing i i, I from what i remember <laughs> i remember the entirety of the uh the victoria Amy sequence, because it's the most impactful. Yeah, like the other people is just getting their asses kicked,
3: you know. I, rem- um, I remembered that, and I remembered just uh, I remembered the, the turn that bitch makes with her dogs to jump on Aegis. That's it. Yeah. I was like, I remembered that, and I remembered the confrontation. but, but no it means so much.:. Whew.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just you know that whole sequence is. Uh, oh, something I had here as an edit. Uh, So the Banks sequence gets started and right away they've got the two essentially I'm imagining like the moving vans. Yep. Uh, And one of them is full of bugs.
7: Right. And
1: I would like to think that we have this entire driving sequence with Tattletail.
7: Um... That is
1: like we could m- somehow subtly being showing like the bugs, maybe not obvious, but like maybe there's more bugs on the window shield than there should be while they're talking, right? right. Um, and then they show up and like grew is like, I thought you know, like I thought you were gonna be late, and you know, Tata's like, We're right on time, like we let you know, yeah, he's like, Yeah, but all left like an hour early, and you know, they're like, Well, we needed to get you know needed to get everything and they throw open the thing and you know (laughs) all the bugs are packed inside yeah and he you know of course he goes do you have enough and she goes like this is after I like she's this is what like we drive around so I could pick the good ones yeah like this isn't (laughs) even all of them
3: (laughs) oh no it's great like we get a taste of Taylor's power in the first episode right on the fight with lung but it's nighttime and even if even if visually you throw a bunch of swarms out there, just in the nature of the setting, you're going to lose some of that impact. Especially because Lung is such a presence in that scene, is going to be yeah. distracting. But like, is that when you when she throws open the van and just this swarm comes oozing out under her command, marching yeah. towards the bank, like it's going to be such an image. Like it just yeah. it looks so good.
1: Now here here's my question: Do you? do you play with a little bit of fire and throw like a it makes no sense at the time them driving this van around stopping randomly having a you know turn to each other conversation start the van back up move again oh i see and they do this a couple times and you're just like and and it cuts to wide shots while they're talking of them just like there yeah and if you notice you notice but like maybe subtly in the background you've got streams of bugs coming in yeah but very subtle and you know otherwise you're just like this is some terrible cw show you know choices (laughs) yeah and then you know they hit you with the oh why were y'all so late oh because we had to make a couple stops and pick up these bad boys and throws the thing open and it's full of bugs yeah right right and oh, then those, all of a sudden oh, yeah, like, that's good. oh it wasn't just terrible choices it was they, they were, <laughs> the, you know the creators were fucking with us <laughs> i
3: i don't i don't hate that you know i don't hate that i i actually like that there's you could you could absolutely get clever with how you do that um one thing tonally with the heist scene that i think is going to be interesting to play around with is Especially just knowing where the story goes. There's no way you can avoid a, a R or mature rating for the show, just in terms of visuals alone, what you see. And yeah. it's hard because, really, in this type of genre, the only times we really see grotesque powers are comedic, right? With, like, Deadpool or The Boys. Yeah. Or animated. Um, Yeah. There's not a lot of, of, I I don't want to say serious because it's not really the right, the right word, but, but there's not a lot of live action sort of body horror fantasy, (laughs) really. Um, Yeah. There's not a lot of it. So like, for example, Aegis's power, right, is Mm -hmm gross like he could just get cut up bruised i mean in the interlude right like him in the interlude just like with half a jaw and just just holes throughout his body is such a crazy image but you it it's funny in the sense that it's like absurd but it's not a comedy right this is they're having real conversations and things like that so so it is it's a tonally it's gonna to be really interesting how do you how do we approach that you know just visceral use of these powers without it without it crossing into just absurd humor
1: yeah yeah i mean i think I think there's gonna be some of these that are like like you said they're just so absurd that that's just gonna be how they are. you're looking right. at the sky, you're like that's kind of gross, and it's you know and he's acting like nothing's you know wrong cuz that's his power right um, but then you're going to get to stuff later and there's nothing funny about it yeah. like there's no comedic element you know uh yeah yeah i think i think this is actually a good way to ease people into the like concept that gore and body horror is a part of this. I mean, every time I think about bitches, dogs, mm-hmm. they, um, they kind of invoke Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde from, Oh yeah. Uh, League of extraordinary gentlemen. Ooh.
3: Okay. Where yeah. the
1: skin is kind of getting so stretched. It becomes yeah. clear. And you <laughs> know, it's the flesh is like ripping out. Cause all the muscles underneath are bulging out. And it's very like, all i can think of is like, like pink flesh right if you know what i mean Yep. yeah like like all the skin is ripped off and you know all that stuff underneath and that's what the dogs look like it's that with like bone spikes right like they're disgusting
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh no they're gross like,
1: like that is what happens they do they rip their skin off when they yeah. you know molt
3: <laughs> yeah no yeah absolutely and this and it, maybe this will this would be a, a pretty good sort of introduction to the style of powers and combat that people are going to expect or should should be expecting especially as the arcs continue. Yeah. Anyway. Um that's that's more that's beyond the writing. That's yeah. It's into storyboarding and some visuals. Yeah. <laughs> meeting with some I would some genuinely universe. be
1: curious as to see somebody get around a lot of the more gory elements of this mm-hmm. through some creative uh you know director mm-hmm. there's another one of those like somebody who can really nail it by playing inside the boundaries um What's and using some creative talents to you know to make you feel the same sort of uncomfortableness without actually showing it yeah i think that would be interesting uh, it was kind of marked for both but i think really showing off the chaos of what's going on while mm-hmm. we're in the bank um and that this is this is you know kind of going to overlap with what we talked about in part 1 but um you know taylor this is taylor's moment you know it's the moment mm-hmm. of in you know, most other movies or tv shows you know the explosions going off their ears are ringing everybody's shouting like what do we do? What do we do? And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, whatever, whichever character, you know, steps up. It's like, you do this, you do that, you know, they come into their own. And this is Taylor's. Yep. And, and just, yeah, I think really emphasizing during this back section that like, there is a rhythm that we hit when it comes to chaos. And it is, Taylor's
7: rhythm. Mm Um.
3: Yeah. No, I I agree. I agree. It's a big moment for her. Um I mean, not just in terms of her character development, but just in terms of uh how she how she handles herself in these fights, because we're gonna see this progression continue throughout the story, and it kind of it kind of starts here. Like I you could make the argument it starts with with lung but i mean really it starts here yeah uh, yeah and this is sort of I mean, this it is starts with of...
1: this arc even because yeah. this is i mean we we i take it back i take it back it starts with bitch
3: okay fair fair i i
1: i forgot yep. okay it does start there because she finally has the you know why the fuck should i not yep and still, I, I did not right. think I was going to enjoy that scene as much as I did, but I woo, <laughs> keep coming back to it. Um, yeah, that. And then you have, you know, you go from there to the arms master yep. conversation. And then all the way to now where, you know, in yep. the middle of it.
3: And, and this scene really is sort of the, the uh, effect of that arms master conversation or yeah. the result, I should say. Um, I mean, it, it just builds into the scene so perfectly. Uh, th- this, whole, this whole episode, I think, is going to be, uh, uh, like I said, we, we probably would split it up, but just thinking of this in terms of one episode, this would be the episode that I feel like people who are trying to, who are trying to convince their friends to watch the show would be like, oh, you, got, you guys got to watch it. It starts off good, but by episode three, man, oh, you're just hooked. Like that's I feel like this is where, this is where the show would would find its footing. Um, yeah.
1: If I had to name this episode, which you know what I'm gonna go ahead and like, we do need I names. Know, this needs to be this needs to be our like this the podcast within the podcast right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's this episode name?
3: <laughs> we do we do need we do need names. Because I, I have terrible. I have one that's
1: stuck in my head right now and it, it needs some workshopping okay. is morning glory morning glory okay something to do with i think a combination of like this is the dawn of taylor's character mm-hmm. this is the start of it and the fact that glory girl shows up i think those are two it's really good it's very poetic because yeah. this is also you know the start of a uh, you yeah. know other things to all kind of come out of this
3: episode yep, yep. um
1: that's this, is not where, bad. You know, you, this is where it all kind of kicks off So like you know Morning right. Glory, Dawn You know agitation's fine But I'll be honest These are very nebulous names for arcs <laughs> um,
3: Yeah I, I love Wildbow's theme that he carries Throughout the, the whole serial uh, It's A lot of fun when kind of going back But I'll be honest I can remember the name of the Last arc of the book and like the first and that's Uh, it.
1: I can say some weird words and I am sure that a couple of them are the names of, you know,
3: arcs here. And, and, you know, truthfully episode names aren't terribly important. Like, I don't think there's a lot of good television where every episode is titled and I couldn't tell you the name of those episodes individually. Um, but But on the flip side of that, there's a lot of good episodes that I can name individually. The episode The Fly from Breaking Bad is probably my favorite episode. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll, I just know it's called The Fly. If I want to go back and watch an episode of Breaking Bad, I'm going to watch The Fly. Like, so there's, there's definitely something to be said for a well-named episode as well. Uh, so definitely, definitely worth the effort to, to,
1: to think of something yeah. good. I mean... Yeah. Other than, I think that maybe on a rewrite, you know, if we're slightly straying off from the path, I mm-hmm. think that uh, maybe we put a little bit more emphasis on clock blocker. Yeah, because his, his him as a character gets shown off even before he talks. Um, kind of during this fight, it really shows off who he is, which is goofy. Um, yeah but yeah. that he has he has a lot of personality his name's clock blocker yeah. like right that's, that right there should should tell you you know who he right. is yeah exactly and uh i think that like he you know while there's so many other people that are important i think that he doesn't get enough attention in worm mm-hmm. and maybe that's just because i'm a fan you know <laughs> Everyone's going to say that
3: about their favorite character.
1: Everybody's going to say that about their favorite character, but I think he needs a like he needs a little bit of plumping, you know.
3: Yeah. Well, and and especially because as we go on to like we've mentioned before at the very beginning, we're going to be cutting arcs, we're going to be condensing stories. There's like 600 named characters in Worm. We're not naming all of those characters in the show. There will be times when characters will absorb dialogue that belongs to a one-off character from an arc that we don't need to include for the, for a, a TV series that we could give sure. to the clock blockers and those characters to sort of give a little more, uh, life to to some of these characters that I agree. I don't think, I don't think clock blocker gets enough attention. Uh, the wards in general, I think are, are fairly underrepresented for the most part with the exception of, of a couple of them. Um, and that continues with some other characters as well. So I'm, I'm fine with that. Let's give, let's give Clockblocker a little bit more, uh, a little bit more to do a little bit more to say.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, I did, you have any, any other things? Otherwise I would love to try and name these episodes. If you want to try and do that.
3: <laughs> yeah. I think, I think I'm about wrapped up for this episode. Um, I think uh, just maybe the last, last thing would just be, we mentioned at the very beginning, I like your idea of maybe starting this episode with Taylor's run or something similar. Oh, I Uh, forgot about the interlude. Yeah. Well, I would, I'm okay. Saving the interlude for next episode only because I think it would Mm -hmm. make a really good cold open for the next episode. But I'm tentative on that because I haven't, I haven't reread the interlude for arc four. So I can't remember what that is. Um, but but just in reading this, I was like, man, this would just fit so well as the cold open for the, the next episode. Like I'm just imagining like, <laughs> like if you were to condense it completely, you know, you just are showing like, uh, bloody footprints, uh, and, and just like knee down as the wards are walking through the halls of the, of the protectorate, um, walking into, uh, what's her name's office. And then it just pans no. up. Yeah, it pans up to her, her expressionless face, and just like, ah you guys look like shit. And then just turn, there they are. Aegis is half a body, bloody as hell, boom, worm right above them. Yeah. You know? Uh, like just, uh, just Dur- director like that.
1: Pigo is like because everybody has their analog. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like we're just we're we're casting uh uh amanda
3: waller again right essentially yeah it's a very amanda waller character i i
1: I can't remember the actress's name off the top of my head uh, viola Viola
3: davis is it viola davis
1: viola davis i think it is viola davis yeah i'm gonna go with viola spiritually it's viola davis Uh, michael
3: could you Um, confirm so we don't sound silly amanda waller from the dc universe i think that i think it's viola davis okay Uh, well until we get that back yeah
1: that's (laughs) who i'm gonna go with um I think that's I think that's a great opener for the second for the next
3: one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get to that. And we'll, uh, we'll 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 uh, we'll come back to that interlude then. I'm we'll fine with that. Yeah. Let's right. go ahead. So let's end said, with some end with some names. End
1: with some names. So you gotta you gotta. Oh, and we are correct. Is Viola Davis?
3: Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Thank, thank
1: you. you, Michael, for confirming what we already know. Arc one. So episode one. Episode one. Right now it's titled Gestation, um, which I say you gross. yeah
3: oh man okay i haven't put any i haven't put i put zero thought into into names
1: i I have put zero thought into naming these episodes right now
3: okay okay we'll go out i'm gonna remember this for the future though on the spot first episode i think you go with like you know um do we have do we go bug related like do we have to go bug themed I don't I feel... think we go bug theme. You don't go don't go bug theme because okay. I think
1: worm is already like, and this goes with the rest of it. Worm is already abstract enough that That's like, fair. it's literally just the title of the show. Yeah, you could rename the show something like <sighs> capes or <laughs> uh, right swarm or something like that. Right, right. No, or you know. Or, uh, you know br- Go the real CW route and go Brockton Bay.
3: <laughs> actually—I wasn't going to say it. But <laughs> is the Brockton Bay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's where my mind went. Oh man, that's funny. Uh. That's funny. Yeah, uh, I mean, you could you could do like a—you um, uh, know what? Just do a little best. Yeah, just, just we're here. We we got we got time. We'll cut this if it doesn't make sense and it's bad. All right. So let's just search for uh yeah,
1: we can always fix it in post.
3: Fix it in post is our answer for everything. Best pilot episode titles. Some 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 website has done a has has done a
7: list. Pilot episode titles. My, like
1: I like literally saying not an origin. <laughs> or okay. uh
3: Half. Half of these, half of these are, are just pilot. are just titled pilot. Okay, that doesn't. Yeah,
1: yeah,
7: figured. But, uh, uh, that's funny. Yeah, these aren't too helpful.
3: I'm. Just, I was looking more I, for like theming ideas. You know, how to. Uh, I
1: mean, you know, girl on fire is a. Yeah. Okay. Little
7: derivative, but yeah. Girl
1: on feel like uh feel that maybe bully bully is yeah. really good for uh having you know a lot of mm-hmm. kind of aggressive characters. You've got, yeah. you know, the actual bullies, you've got long, you've got arms mm-hmm. master.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You know? yeah. I do like uh, I, I I do like shows that will have themes with their type ti- with their episode titles. Where, like, hmm. every all the titles are sort of connected in one way or another, you know, or something like that, or, or connected thematically. Not like, I mean, you could, we could start picking bugs. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, just doing, oh man, oh, okay, see now, see now, now you're on to something. Now you're on to something. Yeah, uh... you know, stick with the stick with, because the, there's vaguely like a, uh... I mean, there's a name for, there's a name for, for every bug in the world yeah
1: yeah exactly so you know uh but you know some of the more uh, or or like bug things like obviously you're going to throw in a hornet's nest at some point right um you know you throw in hive which i'm Uh pretty sure is already
2: i
7: think that is is like maybe
1: into the hive yeah uh
7: would be a good one um
3: I mean, yeah. you could even you could even just go, yeah. I mean, you could go really obvious and just title it like, like you know, she uses the Black Widow a lot in that first episode. I'm thinking of. Um,
1: yeah, I mean,
3: this most
1: recent one, pretty good Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Brown it, Recluse is a pretty good opener, especially considering like learning about Taylor. Yeah.
3: And with her, you like, could even just call it hair, Recluse. You know, Recluse Recluse is pretty good. Yeah. Just keep that kind like, of bum that, that bug theme and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick that
1: I'm gonna stick that in there. Tentative.
3: Yeah. Recluse.
7: And then uh
1: all right.
3: That's yeah, we'll cut back to it. I like it. That's episode one. Workshop episode, that yeah, workshop it episode two.
1: So right off the top, I have a quote in here. Okay. From from, you know. First part, and it's routines define us. Mm hmm. Okay. It's something that Taylor says when she's like preparing in the morning because that's right. She is a creature of habit. I kind of like creature of habit. Creature or of habit. Uh, something to that regard. I don't hate it. I like it. Always room at the top to cross out and put something else. Habitat. Just something. Ooh. Ooh, habitat's really good because yeah. uh because that's when we go
3: to the, the hideout i was gonna, say, I was gonna say we see we see their layer scratching
1: that off yeah. putting habitat oh because we start off we kind of see her house and yep. live in it for more than the first episode it feels like but yeah at least the like i don't know feels like more lived in in that second episode mm-hmm. all right third episode now, here's the kicker okay you've got to come up with a name for it but you've got to come up with an optional second name okay because of part one and part oh two. right
3: if we split of course or, of course
1: yeah if we split this right episode. if we split
3: this episode episodes three and four tentatively you're right um oh tricky okay well if episode three is sort of like the Character-driven uh, uh, conversation with arms master slash slash intro to heist and episode four is the
7: heist. So we do like. Oof. Oh, this is tricky.
1: I like, and this I'm I'm going to sound way too uh, wild, Beau, when I say this. Mm-hmm. But I think for the second half, I like hatch. Okay,
3: I don't, ha- I don't, I don't hate it. I like it partly
1: because, like, batten ha- what is it, batten down the hatches for yep. like, kind of holding the bank. Yeah, but then also this is where everything emerges from this episode. I think.
3: I mean the the plan is hatched. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of ways that makes sense. Okay, hatch is good. Still, it keeps the bug theme. I'm I'm here for it.
1: Yeah, I'm here it for it. The work is either the second half or the first half. So then, if or, or if, sorry, second half or this, the whole thing.
3: If the... right, I I would I would I would say hatch works. If we are splitting it, and hatch is episode four here, then episode three mm. thematically would have to be like would have to be like uh, uh you know what am I thinking of like not. Cocoon's a little too on the nose, but what what's the what's I mean, the pre-hatch the first part, stage? The first
1: part could be hatch, like you said, like hatch a plan, mm-hmm. and you know it's prepping for this next part. Um, True, and the second part could be something. Second episode of uh, episode four, I guess, in this case, would be something like uh, sting or yeah right Trying to think of something where you know kicking people's asses <laughs> um and, and and it's a lot of the underdogs both literally yeah. and figuratively kicking everybody's asses um they're going up against stronger people there's more of them and they somehow whoop all of them yeah which leads me to think something like ants or you know um size
3: doesn't matter or something like that oh michael's got a got a good suggestion here um keep it in our same same sort of train of Ooh. thought spawn and sting Ooh. pretty good i like spawn and sting i hmm. you do hatch and spawn hatch and spawn works hmm. it, it kind of uh they're 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 kind of synonymous but yeah and again we are sort of thinking if this is a a, a if we are splitting I'm, gonna,
1: I'm gonna write those down at the top: spawn and sting, just to have
3: them there. Yeah, I like that. I mean, write um, it all down. We're revisiting this for sure. We're oh, for have to. sure. Probably um, this. This is one I'd want to. I'd want to bring in some of the at rest some point of the in time.
1: Here. I'm gonna say, uh, you know, probably around episode ten or something mm-hmm. when. Uh, yeah, when we figure that out yeah um we'll uh we'll we'll yeah we'll we'll figure out like what our timing is for like the episodes and yep. how many there will be until we find a good stopping point, which I think will probably end up being around episode ten, yeah um but I mean maybe even later than that, but I think uh you know we calculate there what the you know look back and go, okay, here's a good theming naming all of these yeah
3: yeah all right well we got we got started on some on some chapter titles we've got uh some more discussion and formatting onto this third possibly fourth episode depending on how we choose to break it up Mm -hmm. uh i think i think we're looking pretty good any do you have any sort of final thoughts in terms of this this arc specifically
7: i mean no, I think, I think
1: this will be um, – I'm just excited to write all this
3: down. <laughs> I know. We've we kind of been piecing it together. We need to start putting it down. And uh, this is, is also where we're opening up to suggestions. Obviously, anybody who's listening who wants to, uh, to throw some ideas our way, if there's something we totally forgot that you're like, how can you not put this into a TV show, let us know. Uh, we're also open to ideas for chapter titles, things like that. Love to hear your ideas.
1: I know what I know what the 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 thing that's gonna be starting off of this one, because I opened up you know the bag of worms, changed it up to say we need to have a little bit more focus on clock blocker, and here you can mark the time is when everything started to deviate and they ruined your show.
3: Yeah. <laughs> we'll, um, we'll have to track that.
1: But but we'll start. We we're going to end up having like our own multiverse where we're like, okay, yeah. here's if we were adapting, you know, that original worm. Yep. And then here's how we would be changing it in yeah. this vastly different, all because we said clock blocker was cool.
3: Oh man. All, we, we we're, this, we're just prepping for the spinoff shows. That's all. And okay. the what if that's all we're doing. We're saving that's some time. Yeah. Well, thanks again, uh, everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Stick around for the next episode where we uh, continue this riveting uh, discussion.
0: Thank you so much for listening. Read along with us at parahumans.wordpress.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. What did you love? What did you hate? Anything you think we missed, etc. As long as it's kind. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on Twitter, Threads, Instagram, TikTok, and Reddit at Brockton Bay BC or click the link in the description.